What's up, guys? This is uh, Tom from Straight Up Co. I'm here with uh, your second, well, our second uh, host and second uh, episode. I'm here with Zach. How you guys doing today? So today we have a great day. We have our buddy uh, Chase in today, and he is uh, a great friend of Zach and I's. We've known him for a few years, and we want you to also have the opportunity to get to know him. And so, uh, Chase... Thanks for yeah. coming on today. Thank you for uh, having me. Much appreciated. Yeah, dude. Thank you. Yeah, so um, we had Chase on last week. However, it was our second time go around. Mm-hmm. So we were very... New to un- the process. Yeah, uneducated on what to do, what to ask, and how to go with the flow about it. Right. So we asked... Uh, chase to come out here and, and re-record with us and we're greatly appreciative that you oh, yeah. are any, spending another saturday <laughs> any day of the week you guys i'm always down to hang out even if yeah. we're not hanging out we're just shooting a podcast it's always much appreciated oh yeah oh yeah and thank you for making time and especially at your schedule on uh, short notice yeah my so busy schedule <laughs> <laughs> well we do know you're a huge uh you know knowing you we do know you're you're very passionate about a lot of things yeah. Um, so the first thing I want to talk to you about is, you know, you, you can decide if you would like to speak about your work, your passions, your hobbies and all that stuff. But um, if you would like to bring up something that people might not know about you that you would think people would love to learn about or relate to or relate to experiences. Um, yeah, we would like you to bring up the floor. I know you're you're pretty big on on 3D printing. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely say that uh, 3D printing has probably become my biggest hobby or my most appreciated hobby recently. Hell yeah. With that being said, how did you get into it? Um, Honestly, it was a matter of watching a couple of YouTubers that I used to really like. Uh, got really into it, like really liked watching their stuff, thought it was super cool what they were doing. It wasn't something that was quite as big as you would say is you know consumer available there was a really small niche for 3d printing i feel like when i first started watching a lot of videos for it yeah uh and then as time went on i was slowly making more and more money was finally able to afford one went out and bought myself a excuse me 3d little printer a little 3d printer you were so happy when you got that oh yeah it was you were like grinning like from ear to ear dog like the best gift to myself i could have gotten today equally the worst because it's an expensive hobby sometimes <laughs> how long ago was this uh two and a half years ago almost three years ago now okay okay some of my best gifts i've gotten from you has been everything that you've been able to print i appreciate that yeah yeah You're i've sick. seen i've seen you know i've gotten gifts too I, i've seen firsthand of what it can do mm-hmm. you know i do have a lot of buddies that are into it and I will say there's a difference between somebody who gets into it and does a little bit of research and, and dives into it, dips their foot, mm-hmm. I guess, to say in the pool or the water to at least know somewhat knowledgeable on this, that subject mm-hmm. versus somebody who actually lives that hobby. Like right. that hobby is is everything. And I think you are the latter of the two. I've yeah. seen some of your gifts that you've given me personally and not gonna lie, they're cool as fuck. <laughs> so so I think a lot of people will uh will appreciate this subject. One of the a big question on it is uh, you know, possibilities of creating and printing are endless with those things given machine work. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, what has been your personal favorite project? I guess my personal favorite project was. God, I'd have to really think on that one because I've printed a lot of like niche things to some people that are niche and then others are not. But what, what's been your most creative one? Like your most, I guess, what something that was technical. Honestly, designing the um, the D's logo for okay. her company. It wasn't anything crazy per se compared to what a lot of people know as far as 3D design goes. Um, but it was definitely a step in a new direction for me, something that I've never done before. Oh, I know what you're talking about. She did. Uh, she showed me that. The little the the 716 plaque. HSU yeah. plaque. Yeah. 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 That was. Yeah, because the letters popped out and mm -hmm. your it was engraved in. So when you popped them in, you it sat flush. Yeah. Well, they they don't sit flush. They sit like a little protruded. Yeah. Yeah. But that was like the easiest way I can explain it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess you could say I've designed like more complex things per yeah. se. But as far as difficulty goes, I would say that was one of the more difficult things just because I have to really think about like, tolerances. How is this going to fit when it's all printed because there's multiple pieces involved? It's not one part. Does material play a factor on that? To a degree. Um, okay. You have what's called amorphous materials and then what's referred to as engineering grade materials. So is that kind of like hard versus soft material? For a lack thereof. So amorphous materials mean that they have, how do I explain this? They absorb water okay. at, on a microscopic level and it generally doesn't affect the parts quality that it comes out as. It can mm. and it will if you don't do it right. Um, and then you have engineering grade, which is more often than not going to be very water absorbent. So it can be negatively affected in a shorter time if not cared for properly, but those materials also can produce more consistent dimensions. Okay. Just because of the polymers and, you know, the science and all that kind of stuff that goes behind that. Mm -hmm. Does it make it brittle when it absorbs water or? It makes the material before it's been printed brittle. Okay. So what, what essentially happens when that material absorbs water is, uh, think of it like if you have a piece of steel that, mm -hmm or sorry, not not a piece of steel, but a piece of wood that's been sitting in a bucket of water all day and you yeah. take a torch to it, it's going to crackle and pop. Mm -hmm. Not because you're burning the water or the wood per se, but you're essentially boiling that water mm -hmm. out. Yeah. So that's what's going to happen in that material as it's being pushed out the nozzle and it's just going to pop and burst, but because it's plastic and not wood, it's going to make bubbles or have defects, cause a clog, uh, give you an ugly layer, in that okay. section now with that being said is there a lot of uh computer work i wouldn't say there's so much computer work as much as it is just learning how to navigate the user interface from a majority of the big softwares that are out there they're all gotcha. a lot of them in the more recent years especially have become more user friendly to those who don't know anything about this industry or that hobby okay okay what would you say a normal decent startup for anybody looking forward to entering this profession hobby. or hobby or or what have you 
would you say that it was budget friendly or or oh one hundred percent depends? It, yeah, no, three D printing can be as budget friendly as you make it to be, and I mm. say that in the sense that you know if you really want to cheap out and you know go to AliExpress or Alibaba or Wish dot com, one of those various sites. Um, Do those actually work? Those sites or those printers? Those printers. I've seen reviews of those printers in some cases working, but usually you have to buy them from like a very specific seller. Like yeah. you have to search that seller by name to make sure that you're getting their branded products. Okay. To kind of it's ensure not all that the quality. Same person. Exactly. Because 25 people could be selling an identical version in the picture, mm-hmm. and all 25 are going to get different things. Okay. That it, okay. That's true. Um, but that's to be said with any of those big wholesaler websites where they buy in bulk and sell on cheap. Yeah. Um, but like if you realistically wanted to get into 3D printing, you could do it for $300 after everything. Buy yourself a basic printer for like Damn, that's 200, cheap. you know, 200 if you find the right deal. Do your homework though on printers if you're yeah. going to get into it. It's it might suck to learn about all these different brands that are out there cuz there are a lot nowadays, but I promise you now it'll pay off and you will be thinking about this if you don't do that and choose to go the cheapest route possible. Yeah. You get what you pay for with that industry, correct? Uh, Yeah, and that's kind of the catch with printing is, like, if you cheap out too much, you'll find yourself fixing something and learn to hate it. Yeah. You won't find anything about it interesting anymore. But, yeah, you can realistically get into 3D printing for, like, 300 bucks. Um, If you're someone who wants to do it, just to say you have a 3D printer and don't want to learn anything about it, realistically, you're going to be looking at, like, $1,400 to get a printer that'll do everything for you. Okay. Uh, Yeah, brainless thoughts, like a matter of loading your material in there, closing everything up, clicking go, and that's it. Yeah. Is it uh, very time consuming? Um, it I would say that varies, and only because there's it kind of comes back to like the material topic of it being there's not just one material that everybody uses. Um, I'd say there's like two or three that just about everyone starts with. Because okay. they're all very easy to learn materials. Like they're they're not temperamental. They don't have this one needs to be printed at this temperature, but can't be left in a room that's under this degree because it'll shrink or warp or you know minuscule things like that. But that's understandable though. Um, yeah, I, I would say it's it's not hard to get into. It's definitely a hobby that if you're going to, you need to educate yourself. It would it, you would see the benefit of doing the homework and like teaching yourself at least a little bit about it you don't have just like any hobby you don't have to dive head for in, head first into it you could say you're a car enthusiast and only like five cars right yeah you know what i mean if that's what makes you happy and that's how you see yourself as a car enthusiast by all means you know it i may not agree with that but that's fine that's your own thoughts your own opinion um but with with something like 3d printing if you're going to be throwing money at a hobby like that might as well do your homework. do the homework especially because 3D printing isn't at a market yet where you can go to a storefront and have something serviced for you. Yeah. You have to find someone to do that. And I'll say this now. It's far and few. The The internet is there to help you. The, the, the 3D printing community is incredibly helpful. Okay. Incredibly helpful. They're not really gatekeepers? N- by no means. Don't get me wrong. There's gatekeepers in that part of the community. As there's there gatekeepers is. in everything. Everything. Just... You never know because sometimes it's, oh, you find a few people that help you. And then yeah. the fact that it's like, hey, yeah, we're open. Just ask questions. Just probably don't be an asshole, I'm assuming. Yeah. 
nine out of ten times is usually how it goes. Don't be okay. weird. Don't be an ass. <laughs> um, Can I send you a picture? <laughs> yeah, right. So I have noticed a couple of times, and I'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I have noticed a couple of people, you know, especially on these Instagram reels or the TikToks or, or YouTube, mm-hmm. for instance, Dungeons and Dragons and all that, mm-hmm. they, they 3D print their pieces. Oh, like their miniature figurines? Yeah. yeah. And then they, you know, they do the the prep work, sand it down, primer mm-hmm. it, paint it. And I've noticed that some of those pieces could get highly detailed. That's so, dope, though. So that is another form or, I guess, type of 3D printing Okay, called okay. resin printing or SLA uh, printing. Okay. 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 So resin printing or SLA, however you want to refer to it, um, is it instead of it starting as a solid material wound on a spool, yeah, um, that's known as FDM printing. It's like the most common and economical method of pro- or getting into it. Okay. Um, SLA printing typically uses a UV light on an LCD or DMLS screen. Okay. Or some will use a UV laser to uh, actually cure that material. But just like FDM or FFF, it will do it layer by layer. Okay. So Uh, with resin printing, because it's a liquid, it's a lot easier to achieve pixel. uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Pixel resolutions, if you will. Okay. Versus a diameter resolution, like a fixed diameter. Gotcha. So the standard nozzle size for... You know, 3D plastic 3D printers at least is going to be 0.4 millimeters wide. Okay. Super tiny. Yeah, that's like uh now correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. There's like a little ballpoint pen. There's actually a couple of them around here somewhere, like the precise G2s or something. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. I, got I one think right those here. are 0.3s, 0.4s, yeah. 0.5s. Yeah. So that represents the actual opening nozzle of the, of the, the opening. The, yeah, the pen. The needle. Um, and again, with FDM 3D printing, you can swap your nozzles out. And I've seen in some cases down to like. 0.15 millimeters. Jesus. Um, <laughs> That's small. Given with FDM and those nozzle sizes, you have to slow down at how fast that actual print yeah. head is moving at to mm-hmm. achieve those better details. Just because you can't... This is kind of gross, but think of it like pooping. You can only poop so fast. Yeah. Well, you don't want to rush it. Exactly. Not on that subject. <laughs> now, with yeah. that being said, is that a completely different process than what you're used to? Resin printing? Right. Um... It's not something that I'm unfamiliar with. I did actually do resin printing at one of my prior jobs. Okay. Um, we did resin printing and FDM printing just on a much larger scale. Okay, okay. Um, I believe Zach has actually gone and taken a small tour with me of the facility. It um, was fucking cool, dude. Like- so <laughs> to sum it up, um, we did three types of printing in the with our company. We did MJF, which stands for multi jet fusion. Okay. It's an HP exclusive process or like type of printing. Um, I say that because if again you choose to dive headfirst into it, you learn real quick that right all these big brands, just like everyone else, they've got their hand on a very specific part of the market and they don't want anyone else to have it. Um, Just put it this way. The printers were so fucking big. You're not you're not stealing those motherfuckers without a forklift. Oh no, not at all. Were they we, like the size so, of a CNC machine? Uh, my largest one was. Yeah. Um, my largest printer was actually about the size of my Toyota Matrix. Oh no shit. My print volume was um 36 inches by 
28 by 54 inches, I want to say, high. Okay. 50, it was either like 48 or 54 inches high. It was incredibly huge. It was one meter wide on my build volume. So like my entire sheet that I could print on. No did, shit. Did that job help you education wise? Oh, it, at all? Immaculately. Okay. Like when, so I had only been into 3D printing as a hobbyist and consumer for about three months mm-hmm. when I applied for that job and gracefully and miraculously landed the position I did there, which I'm very grateful. Um, but yeah, when I went into it, I, for lack thereof, knew next to nothing about the side of it as a hobby, nor how big it really was as an actual like profitable industry beyond oh, someone's garage. Um, but you, you definitely, the conversations I have with you now, you're a lot more educated on this. Oh yeah. And the, the stuff that I've seen you print, dude, is fucking rad. So yeah, I'm much appreciated again. So, so is there anything else, uh, words of wisdom you'd give to somebody wanting to get into this hobby? Do your homework. Okay. Uh, you know, make sure you're doing your research and your due diligence don't just click the first link that you find when you Google top 10 <laughs> printers 2023 or whatever year you're looking these up. Um, because nine out of 10 times, those are going to be very biased articles or Sponsored. websites. Right. Those companies will have paid them uh, X amount to put in a good word about their printer just so they can have better sales for that year or whatever. Um, I would honestly recommend looking into, you know, not necessarily the biggest YouTubers into 3D printing, but look look for the YouTubers who are explaining things that no one else is talking about. Right. How to make a modification to this, you know, $200 printer so that it prints like a $500 printer. Right. Um, you know, because that's, that's always an option too, is starting cheap and upgrading your printer. Yeah. Um, it's not for everyone. It can be a headache. It can be stressful because you're, Again, playing with a large sum of money to some people mm-hmm. with the constant concern of it breaking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do your, I'd say my best advice would be do your homework, you know, make sure what you're looking into isn't just based off of what an article is telling you. Look at the reviews. Okay. Try to find those communities, you know, see if there are forums where someone's talking about them, seeing if there's look for the good and the bad. Um, the pros and cons, definitely. Right. Don't don't veer away from a good name printer just because it's got, you know, five bad reviews out of six reviews in total because those five bad reviews might be just from someone who got the shit under the stick and, you know, got tossed a bad production model. Yeah. You know, that happens a lot. Just um, bad experiences. Right. And nine to ten times, that's the other thing, too, is nine to ten times you'll never see that person return. Because they always get their shit handled. You know right. damn well if a company sees a, a review like that, they want that handled for that customer because right. that's a good response. Yeah. But you never see that person come back and go, you know, uh, hey, it's been my problem's been fixed. I have a new printer now. They sent me one free of charge, blah, 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 blah. Um, okay. Yeah. Do your homework. Look into what you're getting. Make sure it's something you want to do. Uh, and if anything... Like, if you're really ready to dive headfirst into it, try teaching yourself how to design some stuff. Okay. Start with very basic things. Make a cube. Sounds easy as hell. It's not. Especially if you know nothing about 
3D design or engineering, <laughs> any of that stuff. Yeah. Would you recommend like a Thingiverse or or something comparable to those kind of sites as um, a introduction to modeling? So those sites, I would say, are good if you want to find inspiration okay. for modeling because sometimes you'll find models that are already on there. A lot of those sites are going to be like search engines for 3D models. Gotcha, gotcha. So like Google. Right. Um, so it's like Google for 3D printing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking at a specific Looking item. for a specific model yeah. that you want to print. Um, yeah, because like I said, there are sometimes some models you can go to and it'll be available from that person to download for yourself and change. Okay. Or modify. Or like I said, you could even see a model and be like, wow, you know, that's cool. I want to make something like that and just start from there. So it's just like a whole archive of just. Yeah. Okay. Just yeah. different subjects and all that. Categories. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Okay. Um, That's sick. Yeah. Think of it like a storefront that's free. <laughs> Seriously. Well, you yeah, just got to pay yeah. for the material and all that. Yeah. That's the only thing is you're paying for the, the real world stuff there. Right. Time and material. But that's also to say that they're just like real payable storefronts you can mm -hmm. there are sites where you can go buy premium models that do cost x amount yeah just because like they're FT. more accurate they're more accurate um and just like any other service you can always find someone that you can commission right to design a right. model too question are you able to tweak it at all the like, models yeah that usually depends on the whoever designed publisher? it yeah, the publisher and what licensing they've added or not added to that model. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, so like you can go all the way to public domain to where it's free reign for anyone who wants it, meaning yeah. you can sell it um, to non-commercial and non-remixable, meaning you can't change it by any means to yeah. their standards without their permission. You can't sell it without their permission. And then there's people who have monthly subscriptions where you pay X amount a month and... In return, you get 10 new models a month that you can go and sell on, like, an Etsy storefront. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Cool. So, like I said, the community is huge. There's a million and one things out there. I tell people all the time, if you can think of it, I put money on it. At least two people have thought about designing it or have designed it. Okay. Gotcha. That's sick. Now, with all this being said, you did say that your past work, you did work as someone who did this on a scale at a professional yeah do so, you still work in this part of your hobby um or are you did you move on to something else professional wise uh as far as my actual work experience goes i'm no longer with that company um i'm now a cnc operator for a private manufacturer or private arms manufacturer i should say um and for those of you that don't know that's firearm manufacturer in fancier terms or pc terms uh i haven't looked over my nda recently so i'm not going to disclose the the business name right right mostly you because don't need of, to mostly because no. of california stuff <laughs> otherwise i'm sure people would thank know you california yeah yeah on that. i used to work for a uh, firearm store here in California mm -hmm. and I no longer work there for that exact reason yeah so everything was so constricting at the time that we got paid off of commission most people didn't realize this they just thought yeah. we were hourly but we were yeah and to I an mean extent. we made yeah to an extent we we made commission and, and my checks became hourly yeah. and it was 
lower the minimum wage because we were taking a hit for so much of all these new laws yeah laws that i just i couldn't take it anymore and as much as i love the industry and the people working in there and there's a lot of good people out there that that do put up the good fight Mm -hmm. in, in restoring our second amendment rights yeah I, I will say to any ATF agent that may or may not be listening, the facility that I work at only produces Glock slides and handguards. Nothing more, <laughs> nothing less. Your phone goes off. Looking at you, ATF guy. <laughs> yeah, dude, we got two guys in a bunch of black suits walk up no to the garage. Shit. They're like not poking their head over the fence. Dude, they're fucking lazy, dog. They're gonna Your phone's going to vibrate, and you're going to go, no, you're all good, G. Don't yeah, worry about it's, it. It's going to be a notification that says the ATF would like to know your, your location. <laughs> so his name's Fred. <laughs> off of professional grid of the type of CNC mm-hmm. or the, I should say the area of the market where you make, mm-hmm. did you have any CNC background before that? Also none with that. No, absolutely okay. none, which is kind of ironic because so on, uh, I guess a professional, like large financial benefit, uh, look at it. 3D printing is considered additive manufacturing because you're right. adding, adding nothing from something. Yep. Okay. CNC, lathing, machining, all that's usually going to fall Take under away. subtractive manufacturing because you're removing material. So it's okay. it's kind of ironic because CNC machines and 99% of plastic 3D printers like FDM machines speak the same language, and that language is called G-code. Like, it's the computer language they speak. Right. Almost identical. And how they function, communicate, blah, 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 blah. How they produce the material and all that. Very minor things are actually changed. Well, G-code okay. is, is telling... So a CNC G-code is telling the tool and the part where they need to move with each other Okay. to remove material to get X part out. So you start with a block and end up with a piece. Yep. Right. Um, 3D printing is telling your print bed and print nozzle to either rise or lower, you know, or move around your X and Y axes to extrude material. Okay, that's understandable. Yeah. Same same exact concept performed in the opposite manners. Okay. So do you guys have any So I went to I went to school for um mechanical engineering. Okay. So one of our aspects was CNC and mm-hmm. The Six Sigma. Yeah. I don't know if you guys talk about that at work a lot. Not a whole lot. I mean, we, a lot of my engineers, the engineers that work at my building, they talk about uh, Mastercam. Okay. And like where the market of CNC is going. Right, right. Seeing how the dynamic is changing, seeing what's out there, what new companies are coming out of the woodworks. Mm -hmm. And it it, it came out big time because when I went to school, I mean, I worked in probably. The school that I worked with was actually in cahoots with a private company here, mm-hmm. and they were mostly on the larger scale for CNC, but even they only had one big machine. Yeah. And then the rest were smaller, and even then, most of the guys still preferred the lathe more mm-hmm. than anything. Yeah, I, I will say that's something I've noticed, too, because we have a machine and lathe shop. And then down the road where I work, we actually have our machine shop 
where it's strictly CNC machines and or things like CNC machines. Um, I'm trying to think. I want to say we have 20, 18, or like I want to say 20 CNC machines on one side of the shop and then another eight on the other side. And of those eight, five of them are about the height of a lifted F-350. Um, they're massive machines some of them are you know capable of having a door open on one side of it like on one physical side right um and you can definitely heavy duty well that and like you can load you know 30 different types of parts on they're all gonna do different functions and have like different things yeah a machine that's you know five foot wide by six and a half foot tall gotcha that only does one thing unless you you know program it and change parts out right. and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely have some really, I don't want to say high end and sound pompous, but I know that we have incredibly expensive machines in the shop. It's expensive machinery. Yeah, I mean, I I I got a buddy who bought one in the motorcycle industry, and mm-hmm. I think he paid about sixty k for his. I will say though, and again, this isn't me trying to be pompous, but having in the last you know, month or so that I've been with them now, learned about some of the price tags on some of these machines. I will say 3D printing makes these look very affordable. They do. Industrial anything, dude, is fucking expensive. So I'll put it this way. My largest FDM printer was uh, $450,000. My two smaller ones were $250 apiece. And then each of my resin printers that I had were half a mil apiece. Um. And then we had nine MJF printers. Those were also half a million dollars a piece. Jesus. That's not including anything for post-processing. Right. SLA. Yeah, for our SLA machines, and Zach can attest to this, we had two giant machines designed just to dunking these trays and parts. Yep. Uh, one to clean them, and then even then we still had to post-cure them, clean them down with rubbing alcohol. Uh, for MJF, those parts had to be sandblasted and yep. vapor smoothed, um, painting, clear coating, there's it 3d printing is a very expensive industry in comparison to cnc right right. which it was a cold process bro it was very clean too yeah it i will say for what a lot of people think when they see or they think of like powder printing and stuff like that for mjf for an example they're they typically assume oh it's going to be a messy room or it's it's either going to be extremely dusty in that area or it's going to be built inside of like a glassed off clean room yeah basically like cnc does our entire facility was meant to be four cubicles oh shit and we had i think 14 printers in the entire building that's a lot of printers yeah a lot of money (laughs) (laughs) yes and their sizes typically because like i said the my the machines i was in charge of running were massive machines compared to the mjf right again zach can attest the building doesn't it's not a, like huge building right right like if you compare it to what most machine shops need for size it is a night and day difference it would be like walking into a starbucks to target oh, yeah but sense. the layout though they utilize the space nicely that made it work yeah yeah so would you uh would you encourage a young person or somebody who would like to get into this professional aspect for CNC, for CNC, would you would you tell them to do it? Do you think there's from what future? I've, yeah, oh for sure. From what I've learned, CNC like 3D printing is one of those industries that as long as people are innovating new methods for it, 
or new approaches to how the process has been done mm -hmm. without changing too much of the actual machinery or changing the machinery for that matter, it'll forever be a growing industry. Okay. There's going to be points in time in history, just like any other industry, where it slows down notably, and you'll see it too. Yeah, because it gets um, oversaturated if people... It, more people decide to get into that. The market gets flooded. You yeah. got to wait like a year and a half, two years for the market to level out again, you know, so on and so forth. Um, people but yeah, come would, and go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Turnover rates. Businesses learning how to run their jobs. Yeah. Um, I would say CNC is definitely a growing industry and, and like always worth getting into. I wouldn't say so much for machining and lathing. It's, there's still a demand for it. Not ruling that out. I know you older guys out there die hard analog life. Refuse <laughs> to get with the technology. Not going to lie. I was a luthier when I first came out of high school. Man, I love my lathe. Yeah. I mean, lathing is fun. It, it's, it's a, it's lot, a of lot of fun. It um, is a lot of... Uh, it's a lot more eyeballing than people ever is. tell you, though. It is. And I will be honest with you. When I first started, if we didn't have blocks on our machines, mm -hmm. it would have made our life a lot more hectic. Oh, yeah. So I used to be a luthier for people that didn't know that what that is. That is basically I built guitars. Anything yeah. with strings I built. Um, not electric. Uh, okay. It's all acoustic. And I worked for That's cool. a company in, in Spring Valley, uh, California, and they're an awesome company. Can't say anything bad about them. Uh, they taught me a lot mm -hmm. with machinery i was taught in high school how to build a guitar from from uh daniel masterson from taylor guitars okay and after high school i went to taylor guitars and they weren't hiring at that time so they sent me over to spring valley mm -hmm. and deering banjos and i loved the deering family to death greg janet jamie they taught me a lot under the wing, Chad, Dave. They uh, taught me a lot of how to do the lathing part, the mm -hmm. CNCs. I learned how to paint. I learned how to sand. I learned how to stain. I've learned how to set up guitars, banjos, ukuleles. Mm -hmm. And the lathe was always my favorite, man. Yeah. And then when we did tours every day, we kept a pot aside. It was basically a round band of wood mm -hmm. we'd throw it on the lathe we'd tighten it down and then we'd hit an automatic uh go mm -hmm. and it would just automatically cut itself into the shape yeah and then it would stop and we'd give it a little you know tug on it to make sure it gets all the access off and then we'd we'd bring it back but it had to stop mm -hmm. and if you did a little too much and you went in a little too much then mm -hmm. you'd actually screw yourself up because you took too much material off and yeah. you'd have to dump that pot. But my favorite thing to do in the world was, uh, since it was wood, it wasn't uh, metal. When it cut, it literally gave out like a really long string of wood. Oh, yeah. It was basically, the best way to put it is if you had a pencil mm -hmm. with a pencil sharpener mm -hmm. and it was just, you were just non-stop sharpening it yeah. but instead of like little pencil shavings coming out it's a very long shaving like ribbon yeah. of, of wood favorite was the kids that came in to take the tour would see it and it would ribbon up and out and shoot up yeah 
and I just grab it and kind of sprinkle it on them and let them hold it. And they're like, Oh, you know, like they've never seen that kind of aspect of it. And that was, that was really cool. Yeah. So I do, I do my, I do miss my lathe. We are all that kid in class where you just sharpen the pencil just to get that freaking. How far can you get it? How yep. how long can you make who, that? Who could who could have the stubbiest pencil with the eraser <laughs> oh, at the end of the day? I was I was one hundred percent the kid that just went home, stuck into my dad's drill truck, pulled that trigger and let her mm-hmm. eat, got it straight down to the metal. Yep. Walked into school like I was the hottest fucking shit shit in the world. <laughs> Yeah, dude, that that's that that warms my heart to see that kind of stuff still going strong. And I mean, there was a lot of older folks that I worked with that knew a lot more mm-hmm. than I did. Mm-hmm. They knew how to set up the machine, how to care for the machine, how to maintain the machine. And a lot of people don't realize that lathes are still going strong, man. I, I know the one we live we worked with that Deering was from like the twenties or thirties. Oh and yeah. And we were still using it. Yeah. And then, you know, me being a mechanic now, lays are used for rotors. Yep. So it's like, it, it's kind of cool seeing, okay, well, it's the same machine, same concept, just different configurations to accommodate the dimensions of a rotor versus a pot for a, a banjo yeah. or, or a guitar or what have you. But yeah, so that kind of machinery is never gonna go oh not at all it's so, it's one of those machines that's like like have you seen those videos of uh like those old time tours where they're making an old wagon wheel yes and they've got they've they've got like five or six dudes decked out in the old attire yep. they've got this huge hot piece of iron they come over and drop it over the wood and yeah. just yep. one at a time beat it down yep it's like that dude as, as long as there is a small demand for it it will live yeah even if it's the same, you know, eight generations of one family that's your sole buyer. Blacksmithing, all that. There's still people that are into that. Yeah. I was just about to say, it's still rad as hell, too. Yeah. I mean, you, I think, uh, how do you say it? It's an art. I think art like that, if you keep it alive, it keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, you can make any passion art. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... People do it with axes. I've seen that on YouTube too. Yeah, like yep. people take old axes. They'll take off the the old handle. the handles. They oh, redo uh, the heads. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. Scottish dude that does that, but yeah. he uses all those like traditional tools. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yep. Yeah, I've seen him. That's yeah. actually who popped in my head, and someone else too. But yeah, they'll They're, clean up the 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 actual axe, and then they'll put a new handle on there, and then just burn it and yep, everything. Yeah, yeah, that's always really cool to see. Is even especially like not even so much our generation, but like to see the younger generation still wanting to do the older like methods of something or like yeah. an older method to a process. Yeah. It well, it never dies lame. too. <laughs> like I know there's a guy on Facebook, I think. I think he's ex special forces. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say what branch he was because I don't really know, but I do remember him saying he was some sort of retired special forces and, they basically he basically prides himself as a man and a knowledgeable person of the land Mm -hmm. and what people do online is like hey can you turn this into this and he's like well yeah and this is how i would do it if i was out in nature the wild with no power tools or tools handy right and you know he found an obsidian rock 
and he found a rock and they were like, hey, can you make an obsidian into a crambit? What, you know, if you guys don't know what that is, that's a knife. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, or or a broad arrow. And yeah. he's like, yeah. And he takes the rock and starts smashing and forming the yeah, obsidian. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, it's like, man, that that shit's cool. You know, like I think that term is called kneading or kneeling or something yeah. like that. I believe. But I, well, he, I think kneading is the um, the like the when he uses the. Yeah, but I also seen him use like he Your said antlers? tree sap or something like that. Yeah, like he would as like, like glue this, like, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, he makes it as the glue and then nature uh, glue, <laughs> and yeah. then he used uh like bamboo or some sort of banana Stick. leaf or something as a as a handle and tied it in and and yeah, yeah he that dude like that stuff's really cool. You oh know? yeah, like. I remember growing up and my grandfather, I'm like, hey, can you sharpen this pencil for me? And, you know, my parents are, you know, normal human beings, I guess, would go and find a pencil sharpener. And Nope, not my grandpa. He pulled out this big ass kitchen knife and started shaving <laughs> yeah. it, you know. Yeah. And it, I even still do that to this day because I was, you know, I saw him do it and I was like, yeah, that's cool. You yeah. Know? Like, but you can't go to school with a pocket knife. Yeah. And, well, sharpen <laughs> yeah. Start whittling away. Yeah. You know, you can't do that. But Mrs. Franco, can you come pick up uh, Thomas, please? <laughs> yeah. No shit. But, you know, and, and that goes to show you the different generations oh, of how sure. people did stuff. You know, like it's kind of funny, too, because I read in a, an article the other day, like, you walk up to a person born in the 2000s. How do you roll up a window and they just go like this? Yeah. You know, because of yeah. the window switch. Yep. But in our generation, we, we'd go <laughs> like that. Switch. You know, yeah. like, yeah, we do the the roll up, you the know? The arm yeah. workout. Yeah. When your parent flick, a, or flick the cigarette ash out the window and you got to dodge that cherry coming yeah. back in. <laughs> so get this. I saw a video on fucking Instagram of all things. And I, for once in a blue moon, I'm surfing on there. And I caught this video of, I think it was in the 1980s. Big Not Latino. like it was far away, but in the 1980s. And people were complaining about being told to wear a seatbelt and being told when they can oh, drink, yeah. in, drink the a beer yeah. in their car. They're that was like, like Kentucky. If, I, if yeah. I get off on 12 days, a 12 hour work day, and I, I want to have a beer or two on my way home. Like, I feel like I should have to. I'm like, <laughs> bro, that's that's nuts. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And then I saw, like, there was this last one with a lady, and she had her baby in the car. And it was just sitting, it was she like a single cab. It was a single cab truck. Yep. And the baby was just sitting up front, and she just cracks open a freaking Miller Lite, dog. Like, it was nothing. Yeah. And I was just like, Wow. Well, okay. My favorite part is like you look at old uh, movies or old interviews yeah. of high school kids, and in the back of their truck, they have a rifle rack right there in <laughs> yep. the window with their <laughs> rifles. And the kids are like, Yeah, we figured we go hunting before school and after school, so we're on our way hunting. Yeah. And I'm like, I was going to say, my dad's actually got stories about when he went to uh, El Cajon High School. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, before California gave a shit. Uh, he's got like vivid memories of like anyone that had a pickup truck, they had a gun rack, yeah, yeah. with at least one shotgun, yeah, you know, ready to go for the worst case scenario. Yep, no one ever fucking used it, no, um, but they had it, but they had it, yep, it and an it was accessory. normal, it was, it was just normal for them, yeah, back you when know? you could still buy guns at Walmart, Walmart, order of <laughs> uh, Sears and Roebuck or whatever it used to be yep. called, yep, the catalogs, yeah, that just goes to show you how like. 
the world has changed. Oh yeah. You know, shit, even in the last, uh, 10 years, 12, 20 years, fucking, I just, on my way here, I was listening to the radio and the girl was like, today was Netflix's last day that they sent out the mill DVDs. Oh, really? Yeah, they said that this they said that there was still a little less than a million people subscribed to that subscription mm. and that today was the final day for it and they mailed out the last DVDs and the ones that they did mail were presents for the subscribers. But that's mm. why there's that writer strike you. right now cuz it's that everything is going online and streaming. And, and they're not getting paid for yeah. it. So yeah. it, it's on that. The topic, dynamic is changing. They actually said they're going to release analytics for the writers and the actors so that they can see what the numbers really are so that they can further discuss with the union board what would be a fair pay. To be it, fair, I don't feel like that should be gatekeeped. No, fuck no. Not I, I. OK, so looking at it from if I were sitting in, you know, the head, the CFO's or yeah, the CFO's office being the person who's in charge of all the finances for the business. Yeah. If I were looking at it from that standpoint on paper value, yes, I can understand why it might be bad for everybody to have access to that knowledge right. because then you're going to get everyone fighting for more pay, Yep. Mm-hmm. which shouldn't be a topic that has to be brought up in the first place. I think that if you are of a high value and the company says they see you as a high value, stick by your word. Right. Give them what value you see them at. Yep. Yeah. Don't, you know, beat around the bush or be dishonest about it. But we've seen that with a few shows where some actors have refused to accept more money because oh, yeah. their co-stars have become like just as equally they make the whole dynamic of the show. Yeah. They want a you know? fair and equal pay. Uh, what was that? Shoot. What was the name of that one show? Um, uh, Big Bang. There mm-hmm. we go. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the act, like all their actors refuse because they were going to terminate a few of them or not give them a bump in pay. Right. And the, the two main head stars were like, yeah, no, if we're not going to get equally like if they're not gonna get bumped up and pay, bump our pay down, and give and, us all equal pay. Yeah, give them the difference. No, and, yeah. and that and that's cool too. And I, I, everyone could have their own personal opinion on that. I guess I'm kind of I don't want to say I'm sour about it, but the way I look at it is, you know, perfect example is if you're a professional athlete, writer, an actor, or whatever, what have you. If you do not like how much you're getting paid, step away. Step away. Yeah, you signed yeah. on that dotted line to take that contract to produce yeah. or make that movie that is also why you have agents and managers yeah if you do not like the pain that you are getting then don't do what yeah they want that's you what to do. don't sign the on 70 the show guy did that the what's this yeah well because they couldn't agree on the contract for the last season yeah and i so. I, I heard a couple days ago i think it was a female olympic athlete okay she said that her male counterpart no uh it was a soccer it was a soccer chick i think she Mm -hmm. said that another woman on her team was getting paid way more and their skills were evenly matched and in my mind i'm like so why are you mad at the owner 
If you should yeah. be mad at anybody, you should be mad at your manager, your agent, who and did that, the paperwork. Yeah, who well, did? Well, the negotiate. It, it's the reason for a negotiation. Well, to be fair, in that situation, it's how you market yourself, right? So, if you're not marketing yourself correctly, that's kind of a you problem, exactly. And that, that's, that's not to be it. mean on yeah. that. It's yeah. like if someone's being neglected, or you know, like your contract's not right, or something. Right. That's one thing. But I, you see a lot of athletes nowadays, and especially college athletes, like they're becoming fucking huge, mm-hmm. and they're becoming, you know, what I mean, that- that candy and on instagram where they go oh okay and they look that direction mm-hmm. you know it's you have to market yourself yeah you have I to get that attention though, in in regards to the whole sag after thing happening right now with the writer strike the writers i feel like do have a right to see those analytics yeah because I, they're the ones who aren't necessarily being put in the yeah. same type of contracts True. As a lot of these actors are, where I'm not to say that a lot of these actors aren't being paid appropriately. A lot of them aren't. Um, I was actually talking about this with my fiance earlier today, and we got on to one of the actors who was on every single season of um, Orange is the New Black. Okay. Okay. She looked at her check from the show from like one season of views, essentially, or one, I guess, like fiscal year of viewership. Yeah. She got paid $27 in residuals and royalties for that. Wow. And was like a yeah, and was like a main character or like one of the top 4 characters of that season every season. I'd be pissed. And got paid 20 That's what I'm saying. And she's not like a an unknown B-list actor. She's like a very well-respected actor that's yeah. been in other but things. But again, that could fall on negotiations with yeah. agents. Yeah. And 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 it's unfortunate. Oh, yeah. You know, but and I could also, you could also make the arrangement that you didn't know that that show would take off like it did, yeah. right? right? And that could be that could be a big, but again, negotiations of contracts are if this show gets showed ninety eight percent or shoots up way past your expectations, I would like this residual. Yeah, or like can we renegotiate if we hit contract this exactly, exactly. Yeah. exactly. And um perfect example was Drake and Josh. Yeah, yeah. J- not Drake Bell, but Josh Peck. Mm-hmm. He was talking to a dude who was on Drake and Josh, and I think he was a waiter. I know you're talking about the yeah. blonde guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, Yeah, I still get, you know, residual. I, I get like Fifteen hundred, two grand, or twenty five hundred. He gets some sort of money, yeah, and it was kind of high. Okay, you know, it, dude. He said four words. One literally episode. said four words in one episode. Yeah, and he gets like a thousand, two thousand, or th- almost three grand a month just because he said four words in one episode. And that's just that's with like crazy. One time, plus, I think. Yeah, yeah, that would and, change my life. And and <laughs> three grand. Josh Peck goes, wait, you do? 
And the guy's like, yeah, man. And, and he was like, yeah. So I want to thank you for, you know, that show because it made me money. And yeah, Josh was like, dude, I don't even get paid for that. I don't get any residuals like, you know, this and that, this and that. And he was the star of the show. And he was the star of the show. And it's and it goes back like, dude, like and, and I will say this. They were young. Oh yeah, yeah. child they, actors always get they, overlooked and yeah. misused well, financially. Yeah, they were young. definitely. I'm sure yeah. they take oh, a huge yeah. chunk. Well, and then and their not, parents. I was gonna say, if, oh, not yeah. Their, yeah. if not their agents, definitely their, their parents. Because look at what happened to um shit. What was her Fuck. name? Nick Too Carter, many. Lindsay Lohan, no, Britney no, 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 Spears. No, 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 no. Do you want to go the, down the list? The, yeah. the blonde from iCarly. Oh, Jeanette McCurdy. Yeah. Yeah. When when she came out and wrote that book. I'm glad my mom died. It was oh, like yeah. a whole. I don't want. I don't want to misquote and say it was a biography, but it was for lack thereof a biography about how she was treated during mm-hmm. the shooting of that show. She went deep on that by her mom she did. and the producers yep. of that show. Of that like, show name dropping the producers on like what they would do and the things they would ask for and request, and then yeah, turn around and talk about you know home life and how she's like. Once I turned eighteen, I probably saw forty five hundred dollars come from that show, and that was it. Yeah. Now you're talking like probably one of the biggest Nickelodeon or or Disney or whatever have these shows time, at yeah. that time, and then it just tanked like that, and that and that's the thing, man. Because I, I saw a lot like Victoria Justice. I heard she mm-hmm. was kind of hard to work with, and you know I heard uh uh I also heard Jeanette McCurdy was a little harder to work with, but she was also far older than the rest of the cast members yes. that was, she was filming with. Yes. I think she was like 17 when they started the show, mm-hmm. and like 22 or 23 by the time they were done they with were the done. show filming. Yeah, and everyone was just turning 18 or had just turned 18 at that time. By the time the show was yep. actually over, well, and that again, that's the shitty part is the fact that it's like, okay, you expect these guys, your agents, your managers, your parents, your family yeah. to watch over you. And unfortunately, when people, some people see money, they everything go else goes out the window. Yep. It's a paycheck. You know? And they're yeah. like, oh. You know, and, and that's why that Drake thing or that Josh thing was a big deal to me is because I was like, fuck, man. I think that was one of the first times that I actually seen. My childhood, lack yeah. of better words, where he was like, "Yeah, I don't have anything to show for that show." Yeah, and you know? he and and that's the other cool thing about that situation too, and is he even openly says in that interview that he had like a great relationship with his mom. Um, yeah, he did say that he didn't have a good one with his dad, but his dad wasn't also in the picture per se. Mm-hmm. So his dad was of no financial concern to him right. as a child. But he he definitely said that like he's always had a really good relationship with his mom and like yeah never any financial issues like he never had to worry about you know was I gonna see a check after this next season was shot mm-hmm. because my mom was gonna be greedy or whatever like he's like I never worried about that and and so I'm sure some of them are lucky and you've seen throughout history uh, it's not some of them are all that lucky oh yeah but you've you've also seen what you thought was oh cool. They're living the life, and yeah, then they're yeah. talking about it 10, 15 years later, going, there was so much creepy stuff going on in the background, and yeah. it, it's just, it's gnarly to hear it now. It's like, damn, this is what the industry is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, and you you hear documentaries about even shows in the 70s and 80s, you know, I Love Lucy, whatever, not like creepy stuff happened on that show, but, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's, they had a weird dynamic. Oh, yeah, yeah, how, like, actors fucking hated each other oh yeah 
newscasters, I mean, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm that's sure how everybody it, has their shit. I was going to say, that's how it always is. You can go on YouTube and look up yeah. a confrontational Somebody situation has, with a celebrity, yeah. whether it be a talk show or two actual celebrities getting into it. Well, Someone the big thing that shade. had me was uh, the first Aunt Vivian and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Mm-hmm. Her and Will Smith did not get along. Oh, yeah. And she blames Will Smith to this day of why she got fired on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. And I guess, I don't know if this is true or not. I've seen her interview, but I guess he said that it was true that he did get her fired. Mm -hmm. But he has since apologized. But she was like, he, he ruined my life after that. I don't you feel know. bad saying this, but that man's a cuck, and he's just mad at the world because he doesn't want to accept his own sexuality. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, Smith? not sorry, but Smith? like, yeah, he lost a lot of respect for me after that. Yeah, like if it's one thing to be publicly shamed by your wife, I do, I did feel incredibly bad when that. Y- oh happened. yeah, no doubt, no like, doubt. I couldn't fathom being brought onto my wife's podcast or talk yeah. show, whatever you want to refer to it oh, as. Yeah. And then being told to the world that she's that doing she some with your with son's, son's friend. friend, yeah, dude. Because the love wasn't there, unquote. You know, paraphrasing that gaslighting and everything that is possibly wrong. And then not being able to take a joke from someone you've worked with for over decades on various movies and films and oh, yeah. TV shows and well, and the bad part is, is that he just said flat out that she looked like GI Jane. Yeah. All because, she, I mean, she... For alopecia. She, yeah, she, like, she's... Shouldn't be made fun of, but at the same time, though, like... He's a comedian. Yeah. He's... So many comedians have said the same thing about that situation. Yeah. Like, so many darker things could have been said. And so oh, fuck, I could have been up on stage. I would have immediately... Oh, he probably would have... <laughs> that probably would have been a deserved slap at that. Yeah, yeah I lost... I, I, I feel for the man. I do, I do. And I, I saw that, and... I saw the memes after her podcast and I saw the meme where he was crying and it was perfect. And it said, it said something along the lines of this is what happens when men tell you the world, how you feel, you become a meme. Yeah. You know, and which sucks. It's really sad. It is. It is. And then for him to, and the the shitty part is, is he was laughing at that joke. And then he looked yeah. over at her, and she was pissed. And yeah. then that's when he was like, "Oh, you know, like I gotta defend my wife's honor." It's like, you, you, why mean, did she like, defend yours? <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Like, like, yeah, months especially putting prior, you on blast you like were, that. You exactly, were boning a, your son's that's, friend. That's the other thing too. Is like that topic was still very fresh when that when when the, Chris the, Rock got smacked. smacked. Yep. So did they have that conversation when she brought him on the podcast, or did she just? I'm like, pretty T-bone sure she him? talked about it to the, some of the other people that she typically has on the podcast, okay. and then brought him on and, and brought it up. Him and he didn't know at so that point. He was blindsided. Absolutely, I'm sure, yes. I'm sure he probably doesn't watch every yes. episode. When or, the world found out about it, he found out about it. It was Ouch. like, yeah, it was. So it was like, I don't remember what they called it, but it was a, it, it, it's a, a the smith family podcast or something on a red it's like a bunch of red chairs yeah and they're sitting I, I talking, talking to about it i haven't seen it yeah I've, I've heard about it but it's, that's as it, far it's as bad. it goes and i'm not gonna lie to you i'll look at you straight in the face dude it's it's a heartbreaking episode of yeah, what he put her or she put him through right then and they're like just like emotionless about it and expects him to be like okay i still love you yeah 
Like that's the reaction she's and feeding while she's talking to he him. He literally starts crying but, while they're rolling and everything. And you can't put that Will stuff Smith on blast. Legit, like, it, yeah, and that's but what we're saying is, is like Chris Rock could have easily made a fucking joke about how the fact that he is being cucked. Oh yeah, by but, his own wife and son's friend, for that matter. But peep this, right? As a comedian, and mm-hmm. we've heard some dark comedians growing up. Oh like, yeah, no. like some hard ass jokes that probably would not pass nowadays. Yeah. Not like we're that much older, but the, the roast of Pete Davidson and not his father. <laughs> oh my god, it, it's it's gnarly on where where it's gone. And oh yeah, yeah, because it, it it's boiled down to like how it was from the mid to late nineties, where it's your public image is what's more important than what you think of yourself as, yeah, or your family, yeah, and that and that's the issue that I think the world is having now. Oh yeah, people. Everyone's more interested on what other people think and think see and see, or they're more interested on how many likes yep. they get or how many people follow them than they are in like actual having down ass homies or friends or family there mm-hmm. they would rather trade six hardcore friends for a hundred facebook friends nowadays and that mm-hmm. that's in my opinion that's the problem with the world these days yeah so quality over quantity any day dog yep. yeah so yeah that that will smith thing it was sad dude it, it just showed where we're at in the world and like where the mentality of people and it's especially for a man who preaches about positivity and everything it's yeah and family life yeah yeah but like i said she put him on blast like that and what, what do you expect like when you put that stuff should be private and yeah. you're handling it in a very disrespectful way oh and yeah. that just tells you tells me you don't give two fucks about what you did no or how that all. makes him feel at all not there like was... you have to sit there and like pat him on back like are you okay honey but you still did what you did yeah well and don't perceive this the wrong way and don't judge me for the wrong way but i have i i personally view this as we're not throwing shade by the way guys not yeah talking about a subject not throwing it solely but females nowadays are a lot different from females from 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Yeah. Shit, even the 90s, you know? As long as we don't go down this Andrew Tate path on Gucci. <laughs> the what? <laughs> Andrew, <laughs> Andrew Tate. Yeah. Oh, no. Women no. are objects and they only belong Wait, in the kitchen. Wait, be careful. No, no. Can we get the Clippers and uh, change Thomas's name to Top G? Top G. And get you a cigar and no. some Gucci sunglasses or some shit. And then, uh, was it uh, Bugatti? Bugatti. No. Yeah, he I'm fucks with Bugattis, with right? Come on, Top my, G. My biggest thing is is the girl taking pictures of her feet, throwing them on a website, is making way more than a dude. Or I shouldn't even say a dude. Mm-hmm. That particular person on that website is making more money than somebody trying to actually better themselves, better their lives, going to school. And what I mean by that is, is it doesn't have to be a woman. It doesn't have to be a guy. I think the biggest cause of that too are the dudes who are the ones clicking subscribe and paying. They're enabling it. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So 
women nowadays are different because men nowadays perceive them as different. Feminism is totally different. You know, we went from Rosie the Riveter. Yeah. To what's that? What's that? That rapper chick's name? Lizzo. I have no idea. Lizzo. Oh yeah, yeah. I probably don't listen to her. She's getting a bunch of negative clapback right now too. Oh yeah, dude, with her with the shit that uh, I guess she was doing a sexual. Okay. advancements towards her background dancers and i think she fat shaming was the big one yeah well that that same girl came out and said that she fat shamed her and then she made a backup dancer throw a banana in an escorts part i don't remember which one and then she made the backup dancer eat it that's gross. and she has it on she uh, she flat out was like yeah here it is like she showed the inner and of course the interviewer was like i can't we can't show you that yeah you know but she has it on her personal phone jesus lizzo flat out saying yeah you know like do it do it now or you're fired you know and and she's like well fuck you know yeah but um, do you on like feet finder or whatever dog are you throwing I'm shit at me because you found out what are i do you, for you extra money finder, dog? don't don't be throwing shit at me homie all Fucking right you better not be 399 dog you should be like 99 cents oh i'm premium dog I'm pre- you, you can't afford me he's the price of 91 premium well but <laughs> but i do okay so it's kind of, it's fucked up and i'm gonna say this but i remember That's there was a couple of beautiful chicks out at yeah, what's, uh, what's there's not a names? L- there's a lot, lot of I'll, I'll fucking do it. Don't do <laughs> there, it. So there's a lot of beautiful girls in in high school, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember I was too scared to talk to them, or you know, I did talk to them, and they shot me down for whatever reason. But now, ten, fifteen, twenty years later, I can go online and see everything for five ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. Yeah, no, and I, I, I know, I, and you know, there's a couple in your grade too that oh, will probably. For sure. You see what I'm saying? So for it's like sure. It, it's like, it's like the you funny know, thing though is is so like you probably know one of them, and and if we want, we can I can name drop, we can bleep it no, out later. No, let's let's not. Okay. Um, <laughs> we spoke to them. Was at like a house party for a friend, and they were discussing that they had just got into that side of working, being the adult industry. Um, and I don't think OnlyFans was really around at the time, so it was like very limited to like whatever niche dark corners of the internet had it okay. available, other than like the given Pornhub, X Hamster, so on and yeah. so forth. Yeah. Um, that seems like personal knowledge, dog. I'm just going to plead the fifth. Um, <laughs> but shout out. Yeah, right? <laughs> if you guys she, want to sponsor us just saying the way she explained it to me was depending on what sites you do your actual like services through if you will yeah um you can actually rule out or uh filter out what states aren't able to actually search, search. for you as a person really yeah that way you don't have to worry about like hometown people finding out i did your not stuff. know unless, that unless you're someone that uses your public other social media accounts for advertising purposes and you're like mm, here's my booty now i would also like to like twitter and instagram and, and 20 all minutes that. later uh, grandma likes the picture like <laughs> i would also hey, like honey, to bring up the fact like that i don't know about you and your your situation situations that you are talking to yeah but the ones that i'm talking to oh yeah and i know you're gonna hear this they're too dumb to figure that shit out oh yeah yeah if you get offended by this part i'm probably talking about you (laughs) (laughs) yeah if if you've been doing this (laughs) 
if you wear been, that bitch. If you've been in the adult industry for more than a year and you're still having the same complications you had the first week you started doing it, yeah. Not saying you should drop out, but you should probably do a little more homework on how you're approaching the industry <laughs> yeah, because no you, there's probably a better way or safer way per no se to be shit. doing it. Wait, uh, yeah. So, so you know, and that and that's the and, and I had a friend actually come up to me and tell me that he had uh, recently became single, and he had a woman asked him out that he had asked out in high school and mm-hmm. she turned him down. Yeah. And he makes pretty decent money. He, he actually makes really good money. He does well for himself. He, he worked to get to where he is. Right. And he looked at me straight in the face and said, I told her no. And she asked me why. And he was like, okay, let's vision this. I get in my car, start my car, go to pick you up. Go take you to dinner, the movies, wherever else you want to go. And then I either go back to your house or my house and whatever, right? Okay. Everything said and done, say $100 for that night. Yeah. Straight face, this motherfucker looked at me and said, I looked at her straight in the face and said, I could see everything that you have to offer me at the end of the night for $3.99 on your OnlyFans. (laughs) And I can save $95 just by doing that shit and canceling the subscription and you just getting that first month payment. Yeah. And I was like, bro, that was that's cold. fucking G that's, right there. That's a hate enabler. That is <laughs> that's G like, right that's there. That's like people who buy games or watch movies. They're, they know they're not going to fucking like just to leave a bad review. Just to leave, yeah. Like and nothing it, against it. If that's your cup of tea, that's your cup of tea. Yeah. You know, but like. But he did that. And yeah. I was like, bro, that, yeah. that. He gained he gained my respect for it. Now I'm and I'm not putting anybody down who does OF or mm. or what have you with those other websites. I don't yeah. really know any others. Maybe Feet Finder or whatever. I don't I don't know. I've never I've actually never done a subscription on any one of those. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you if you make the money, you make the money. Whatever yeah. you do, you do. And I and I know some girls make some stupid fucking money off of that. Because the man is there, you know. But I can attest to that one. And I'll say on a side note, I apologize for interrupting. Um, male or female or whatever you choose to identify as in 2023, the demand is there. <laughs> That's it's, fucking fact. You don't it gotta is. you don't gotta show face, nothing. Nope. And the less tattoos you have, the, the better. better. <laughs> because the less recognizable you are in public. You are. Unless you're someone like and, and you might know this name. I'm sure you know these names. Unless you're a male actor like Owen Gray or Small Hands. Who either have recognizable body features and or tattoos? Yeah. Um, Owen Gray is a tattoo, not a tattoo artist. He's a. They're both porn stars. Okay. Um, Small Hands and Owen Gray are both known very largely in the female side of things, to my understanding. Um, Owen Gray has. It looks like he's got an alphabet falling down his thighs, but it goes down like mm-hmm. his whole calf. So, like, if you were to look up alphabet tattoo, you will get cropped pictures. Of, of this man butt naked but it's just his like tattoo. thigh and leg yeah i feel like he gets a percentage for uh it seems like you're advertising of over here <laughs> oh i'm not gonna deny it. they put in some good work <laughs> their stroke game be doing something right because like i said the women be loving it so hey dog you don't have a favorite porn star i'm sure we all do do you have a favorite male that you admire no no 
Okay. Me. <laughs> <laughs> he just holds a mirror up to himself. He's like, he's, there's a long mirror in my walk-in closet, all right? <laughs> I know. Sorry, babe. I think the only dude's name that I know, well, I know Ron Jeremy. I know he's in some what shit right now. What a fucking name. Yeah, he, yeah he's, he's. How did we go down this fucking rabbit hole? So fucking what? <laughs> Give the people what they <laughs> want to listen to. Yeah, yeah. they just want to hear three grown men talk about porn. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Sarah J. See, I don't know names, dog. Oh, bro, I love Sarah like, J. Visually, Hit like, visually. Hit me I, up. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me up. Don't don't hit up the fucking business or Instagram, please. Just She's an English chick. What what was the name? Bell Gates or Gail Bates? That is <laughs> Bell Bell Gates. that is cl- that is dangerously <laughs> Dog, close to jail. We bait. accept you for <laughs> you, <laughs> homie. Nah, dude, she she's hot as fuck. Her choice in like actors are uh-huh. weird as fuck. She I I think she likes the older dudes. Are like you the, actor shaming her right now? Yeah, fuck yeah, bro. She's hot as fuck, dude. He's it's like, like, she can do so up. much better. He watches him and he's like, stop, you're hurting her. He's like, <laughs> you're hurting her. No, fuck no. I'm like, I, I, could, I could take you away from all this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I could save you. <laughs> Christina's going to hear this every... later and be like, bitch. <laughs> yeah, you and every 10 guys that come knocking on her door know, and figure right? out where she lives. Fucking, uh, yeah. You got to have admirers, dog. You're going to get three fans that come up to the house and be like, you two? <laughs> You're one of us? You're one of us? Can we be on your podcast? <laughs> yeah, right. uh-huh. Do we have some topics? Dude, dude. We got some questions. <laughs> right. How no, do you feel but, about interviews? <laughs> fuck. But yeah, so OnlyFans and all that shit. Yeah, that that's... that's I don't know that and that and that's where I kind of drew the line of me being like, okay, like, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of gorgeous girls out there. We're to the point where I talked to my wife and was like, I'm trying super hard not to just like click subscribe. And she was like, You better not. Yeah. I know for a fact she'd be mad. She wouldn't get as pissed off as any wife would be mad. Like, well, and uh, and I see that I say this loosely because she knows I'm not gonna go. I mean, obviously, I'm not gonna go out and and do anything about it. Mm. I know I'm fucking gorgeous, but you know, <laughs> uh, fucking Solid dime, right? <laughs> fucking spot on. But I can't. Th- there, there were times where it was like I almost did it just because. But then again, I was like. Nah, not gonna do it. Do See, I want to step on a landmine today? Hmm. My, but you know what, Tom? You are Betty Crocker. <laughs> you are Betty Crocker. So it it wouldn't surprise me that you would start to fucking pot on that. Now I'm just gonna do it so I can get back to you guys on the next podcast and tell you. So yeah, follow. So update. so keep. Yeah, keep there, losing. Th- there'll be a follow up, and on, I know uh, I know who it's gonna be. So there might be a GoFundMe on any funeral costs on the next podcast. So uh, look out for that. That'll be on Instagram. I'm going to wear that shirt so proud. (laughs) Free my boy, Tom. (laughs) Dog, there's there's nothing going to be free. You're going to be burnt. I'm going to be bringing you back in a freaking little... Rest uh, in peace. Yeah, it's going to be your face in the clouds. R.I.P. He clicked OF one time. I'm going to have ashes. That's all we're going to have left of you is just fucking ashes. I'll put it in a couple plants. So I got you, dog. I got you. Yeah. I'll, I'll see you again. Yep. <laughs> Make sure there's a good kind of plants. Dog, that's the only kind. I'm a, I got you. I'll, I'll put you in some bamboo just because that'll really fuck up the ecosystem. <laughs> that's fair. 
planted that right would next be a to ve- like that a would, neighbor that I hate. That would be very Betty Crocker-ish of you. Oh and yeah, that's you donate this, it to the zoo and you just see fucking some pandas just tripping the fuck out because they see Tom, like a ghost of Thomas just right. standing there. They're like, "What the fuck?" You just see him roll down the hill. Yeah, this this isn't any uh, public advice, more of a public service announcement. Bamboo <laughs> is not just an invasive species to the U.S., but if you in fact plant it, it will actually overtake anything oh, yeah. around it. We have that in the backyard at uh, my mom's house, and dude, it will ruin oh, fences. Yeah. It'll do it, and cutting it and getting rid of it, and it's just they're you gotta like be careful weeds. how you cut it because those motherfuckers they will stab you too. Yeah, they're like weeds, one hundred percent. They'll yep. come back too. I like how we went from like, you know, Will Smith to cocking to porn. OnlyFans to porn. <laughs> now we're on fucking bamboo. Welcome to Garage Talk. This is straight up Garage Talk. This is what it's like. I hope you guys are enjoying the, three the episode so far. Yeah, right? three, three adults with ADD or ADHD. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Squirrel. <laughs> yeah. Right now Ooh, we're, sharing, we're sharing one brain cell between the three of us playing Pong. Yeah, no shit. And encouraging <laughs> each other. <laughs> yeah. But That's straight up facts, though. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Honestly, though, I agree with that. Fucking well that an alien is not going to come up to any of three of us. Yeah, we're the last people it would come up to. Yeah. <laughs> it would come up I to us. I want intelligent life forms. So somebody said, I think we it was a give- Kill Tony episode where the guy was like, do you believe an alien would ever come to the, you know, to us and, yeah. and, and offer us peace in exchange for intelligence of the universe? Mm-hmm. And the first thing the dude said was, if they do, they better not come to the USA. <laughs> and and the other guy's like, why do you say that? And he was like, bro, what's like the best food in the world for USA people? And the first thing, obviously, everybody said was like steak and barbecue, right? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, Americans like to barbecue the fuck out of everything. <laughs> And they'll find a way to barbecue the fucking alien. <laughs> I, was, I was like, started laughing. I was like, you know what? Is that what everybody else thinks of us? Do you know like, what Americans... Hey, Jared, does that look like a frog or a lizard to you? Oh, I'm fucking hungry. Let's go for it. You know what Americans would give aliens? Depression, alcoholism, exactly. drug addiction, and debt. debt. <laughs> no Who would have debt with? I don't fucking know because apparently the U.S. is still in debt too. Also, who the fuck knows? China. <laughs> yeah, the Decepticons. The, the Decepticons. <laughs> we owe the Decepticons a couple trillion dollars. It's cool. Yeah, no shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're having Friday tea tonight, boys. <laughs> While the rest of his homies are leaving with mental instabilities. <laughs> hey, hey. What, what's that fucking alien movie, Paul? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, what was that fucking old PS2? Okay, it's not old, but... PS2 game with that fucking alien go destroy around. all worlds. Oh, yes. destroy all that was destroy the all shit. humans, bro. That game was so. I don't know how I got that. Was that rated M or some shit? Yes, yes. Because you he could, said some raunchy you ass could shit have phone in that game. Sex in some of those games with different <laughs> characters, and that was not a game that ten or twelve year olds need to be playing. Let me tell you that now. The fuck, we grew up pretty Thanks, good. Thanks, mom. Yeah, right. <laughs> the generation before us and the generation after us kind of fucking missed the memo that we. <laughs> Took it. Yeah, but. speaking of growing up great, you notice that our generation has like the highest fucking influx of like openly feed obsessed people. I did not know that. Think about it. 
Like, look at, look, I'm serious. Look at, like, how much more normalized feet have become sexually. And again, feet nothing has against, become a lot of sexual. Nothing against those that are into it. If that's I, your thing, that's your thing. I know there's a demographic for it. We're not I, I don't think, you. I, I don't think, I mean, I've never personally oh, it's thought of a, huge. ooh, my wife's foot is well, sexy as fuck. Yeah, I mean, if you've never <laughs> you liked it in the first baby, place. Can you yeah, remove yeah, yeah. your sock? Boobies. Oh now, yeah. Now that's a different story. Yeah, that's that's his go to asses. That's another different story. Like yeah, hell yeah. But mm, look at the color of that nail polish. We're about to throw hands right now. Are you a foot guy? Huh? Are you a foot guy? Am I what? A foot guy? No, fuck no. Okay. He's a booby guy. No, I was, I was okay. doing that as a, oh, as I was a joke. Like, wait, yeah. And I was making eye contact he, with Zach. And because he, I'm that's a butt guy. Like, I honestly thought he was going to say nipple, and then nail polish came out. I was like, wait, why is nail polish back <laughs> but, into this but, conversation? But, but you see how that got weird, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's a, he's a closet foot guy. But, right? And then, bam, nail polish. Like, it's weird. That's okay. We accept, for, we accept you for you, Tom. I appreciate that. Not really, because I... Don't care, but he's like, listen, we know if you I want to bust on some nice looking French tips, I'm gonna bust on some <laughs> nice looking French tips. All right, don't fucking ask me about my night, right? <laughs> I could take you away from all this. <laughs> you can try. What? Well, so, even though you have the mute button, you can we try. Can, we can fit two of us on the Grom. You know, <laughs> no you know doubt. Funny though, like <laughs> legit, so our, backwards on the back. Our generation Bye. is weird as fuck. Oh, for sure. <laughs> we I feel like we have almost as little shame as the people who are like like our greats. Well, the the way I see it is we missed it. We we missed it. We were that we we were the last generation to play we're outside. The in between. Oh, yes. yeah. We're yeah. the last generation to play outside, but we are the first generation to start learning about technologically advanced. Mhm. Mm-hmm. You know, if I mean That's what you want to call an 80 what was it? A 64 bit hertz screen well Uh, like two tvs and stuff dog do you do you remember having to unplug your fucking landline to plug it into your computer to use it for five minutes and then unplugging it and plugging it back in yes i do Mm -hmm. dude i remember calling friends in elementary school and their sisters or their mothers or fathers picking up see yeah calling after nine o'clock because that's when minutes were free yeah yeah Did you know Super Mario doesn't say it's me, Mario? Mm-hmm. It's uh, me. Mario and it's me in Japanese means super. So yeah. he's actually running down the game saying Super Mario, Super Mario, yeah. Super Mario. Yeah. I just fucking found that out like two days ago. Yeah. I, well, I saw that that video, I think like a month ago or yeah, something like that. Yeah, I was like, like uh, fucking world. Yeah. I, I, to- I was telling my, my son that. I remember Netflix used to be able used to go over to a box in front of Seven <laughs> yeah, Eleven. Actually, they still have them. Net, yeah, yeah. They're well, they're called Red Box now. But Netflix used to be you used to like it was a subscription. They sent you the DVDs. Yeah. And, or you used to go and get the DVDs. And I also remember fucking Amazon books was a books. Yep, and yeah. And it was it was a Barnes and Noble thing. Yeah. You know, yep. and fucking now the owner of Amazon is. Richest building man in the a, world. Building a forty-five million dollar spaceship. Clock. Oh, what? Yeah, you didn't hear about that. No, he, he's he's uh, in the process of making a forty-five million dollar clock in the middle of the Texas desert For that what is purpose? capable of outlasting human civilization. 
for Why? one purpose. There's so many better things you could be doing with that fucking money. Like, actually giving back to human civilization, not because it is going to outlive it. Like, hey, you know what? I have a couple trillion dollars. As soon as he finishes I'm, it, I'm gonna go buy a I'm gonna go buy a 42 million dollar Rolex and stuff it in the middle of Texas. Yeah, I'm gonna make sure it'll outlive the human race. Does this benefit anybody? anybody? No. Is this gonna be an art installation? Not at all. This well, is for shits and giggles. No, no, no. It benefits you know, the people that are working on it. Yeah, no. they'll know what time it is all day. Yeah, and the and the person who fucking designed it and and. You guys got it twisted. I'm just telling you, it just became the giant, most nicest fire hydrant to any coyote out there. Yeah. I. You know what? Actually, I hope they use the cheapest materials to protect it, like uh, aluminum. Made in China. <laughs> yeah, right? It just rests. Amazon uh, Basics. <laughs> it's just got a shitload of Amazon Basics <laughs> stamping all over it. All equipment from Amazon. Yeah. Uh, but I hope they use like the cheapest metals possible to protect it from nature and weather. I, I'm kind of curious when it comes out if it's going to be <coughs> 48 million accessible dollars. to the public, or if you, you'd probably oh, have to pay it. a fee yeah. to go see it. But you, you know, you're going to have to pay employees. It's like 42 million dollars. Yeah, to, to be out there, or it'll be a cover up for some weird cult shit that him and the other secret rich people are doing in the world. Illuminati, bro sacrifices he probably has like a whole structure built underneath hey, hey, that and that's probably the talk entrance. about this because oh yeah my bad dude, we don't want to be shut fucking, down we're right. gonna be mission missing i was fucking. gonna say on that quick topic <laughs> no episodes uh, come out after this right. did y'all know that forbes actually doesn't list the richest people in the world that like a large majority of those people that end up on the list aren't in fact the richest no they I have to be turned they're turned down so to I, be listed yeah so i was really? i yeah. was I was reading a book a couple weeks ago, and one of the segments said, I want to be so rich that people don't know who I am. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know, that's smart. Think about it. There's a bunch of people out there in the world that do have money, and you would never expect them to have that money. Yeah, it's how you present yourself and how... Well, you that know, was, how you conduct business because a lot of those people have other people running that. So well, yeah. that was part of the whole thing is like Time Magazine did an article about it because for, but uh, yeah, they, for lack thereof, um, <clears throat> Forbes will send out uh, letters or invitations to being um, not advertised, more of uh, shouted out on these articles of, you know, who's the top 10 richest people in the world or the U.S. or wherever they're articles pertaining to um, yeah and nine out of ten of those people will almost always reply back and say no we don't want to be spoke about in this article we'd like to remain anonymous and keep ourselves to ourselves like well yeah because if people know about them then they're going to be in the spotlight right a lot of them just want to be rich and like you said don't want to be noticed well in this article that i was reading and this was a couple years ago so things have definitely changed since Mm -hmm. um a lot of the people or essentially what they were talking about is like it's scary how many of those people they get back that say no we don't want to be spoken about Mm -hmm. and it's a vast number you know like when you think about a vast number most people assume anywhere from a couple million or higher in like numbers of people but yeah this list is maybe 35 people 50 people long and a majority of them will respond and say, no, we don't want to be spoken about. Please keep our names out of the articles. Yeah. So it's like when you think about that in ratios, that's 
That's not very many movie. people. That's not very many people, but that's a lot of money. That's a very small to be sum. Kept secret. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and that that goes back to I had this conversation. This, you know, is kind of like this with another individual. Whereas we were talking about sports and professionalism in general, and I was like, think about it. The professionals know you know now the sports people that you know now. The difference between them now versus 10 years ago was because yeah. they had a shot to make it to where they're at yeah. now. Mm-hmm. They had the opportunity to play at that level or whatever. They had to get and noticed, I, though. Yeah, and I am a firm believer, and there's always somebody better than you out oh, yeah. there. Mm-hmm. They just didn't have that same shot that that that, same that person did. Yeah, so time and place why yeah that that wouldn't turn me off to not thinking that for something like that whereas mm-hmm. hell yeah dude i i have heard of somebody saying i want to be so rich there's i heard there's three different kinds of rich and ri- riches you're rich you're rich and everybody knows you mm-hmm. you're so rich that no one knows you yeah and I think it was actually in a song. Somebody rapped about it and somebody yeah. rapped and said along the lines of everybody wants to be rich. So everybody knows everybody. I want to be so rich that none of y'all ever know or find me. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, damn. Yeah. Never even fucking thought of it that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm definitely someone who doesn't want to be known like that. Mm-hmm. I Same. don't. I know, I, probably, I know we're doing this, but it, it's different. I would probably own a house. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna say I'm not. Uh, if I was like so super rich, I'm not gonna say I'd, li- I'd live humbly. I would live accordingly. Yes, and I do believe like Mr. Beast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, he flat out said that he didn't want a bigger <clears throat> house. Yeah, he loved his house where he was. Yeah, but when he got the notoriety and the money that he got. It became a personal security risk. Yeah, because he was getting he was getting broken into yeah. all the time. People stealing his shit, and so yeah. he had to move to a bigger, better so that he could have housing. better security. Yeah. yeah, for his things, and he flat out said, "This has nothing to do with me showing off how much money I have or how far I've gotten." He flat out was like in the interview. He was like. My stuff was getting stolen. Yeah. My personal items, my sedimental. Yeah, this was on the TMD podcast, I believe. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. and he yeah. flat out said that, and I was like, you know that that makes sense. Like, I, I, you know, if I became rich mm-hmm. tonight, if I hit that nine hundred million, right, and mm-hmm. I got that first money in my hand, yeah, I would buy myself a house, and then I'd buy everything that I've always wanted but never could have or could afford. Yeah, and automatically that is automatically going to give me sentimental attachment to those parts. And mm-hmm. for me, it would be cars. Yeah, same. The first car I'd buy is a 1970 Roadrunner lime green, two black racing stripes down the middle, 446 pack. Oh, yeah. yeah. My grandparents had one. I have pictures of it. Mm-hmm. I would love to find that car. Chances of me finding that car is very – they're none. There is none. Yeah. yeah. But – I would buy one like that and automatically that that money with that I bought that car now I have sentimental because I've always wanted it they mm-hmm. had it and that's why so with that being said my house would be accordingly secured for that 
particular reason. Yeah. 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 Preferably out in the countryside somewhere. Yeah. Kentucky. See, Tennessee. I'd buy a house out with land, you know, that don't be my main focus, but I would still be picky about what I spent my money on. I'm not a frugal person, but Mm -hmm. I am definitely cautious if I'm spending money, am I going to use it? Yeah. Because if I'm not going to use it and it's just going to be like eye candy, mm -hmm. I don't want it. I'm the same way, but I feel like I'm a little more frivolous on that side being like, I can look at something and almost instantly find a use for it. Yeah, Same. and Same. I'll just come enough, back to it five or six but, times. Yeah, I, more often than not, if it's like a big purchase, I mean, to me, yeah, you know, seven hundred dollars is a lot. Hundred percent. Hell yeah. Um, I mean, fuck. There are times where two hundred dollars is a lot of money. Anything over a hundred is a lot question. of money. Yeah. yeah, fifty bucks is a lot of money, depending on what I'm getting. Um, my favorite thing is the fact that okay, if when you get paid or before you get paid, you're like, fuck yeah, I'm going to buy this, this, this. Oh, look on Amazon. I want that. eBay, I want that. Yep. Yeah. And then yeah. when you get paid, ah, I don't That's really sweet. want it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't really need it. I don't really want it. No, no. You start for later. <laughs> yeah, and then and then a couple months down the road, you're like, yeah, I remember I wanted that. I don't want it anymore. Click, delete, click, delete. Yeah, Especially in your like, cart. Yeah. You see the price of your cart. You're like, ooh. Because you're like, okay, that's not bad. Because you, you calculate everything. Like, okay, I'm going to yeah. use that, that, this. And then, your cart like you said. Like $200 more than what you estimated. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. And then yep. you, you look at your paycheck and you're like, shit, I got to pay for this, this, and that. And I was like, okay, I'm not trying to eat top ramen this week. So I don't know, dude. That what's grom, what's what's that grom, you're looking like a nice option. Yeah. Um, you know, I do want to talk to you more about that that bike afterwards, but um yeah, no, I I definitely get you with that one because there there are definitely times where I'm like, okay, you know, like the 3D printing stuff, you know. Yeah. Um where I'll see a new material come out or like, you know, uh, a supplier of material will be like, oh we're having a sale. You buy eight spools for the price of three spools you know oh, so okay okay looks like i'm eating ramen that week exactly <laughs> yeah, <no shit. laughs> exactly that's my thought thinking about the grom is like well fuck dude maybe i can scrunch up some pennies here and looking like a ramen week for a while so 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 <laughs> for people that don't know what a grom is because i know there's a couple of my buddies that do uh, that have been yeah, listening yeah. obviously i see the numbers um shout out uh, to those people by the way yeah thank you very much hell yeah the Gr- a Grom is a Honda. It's a little 125. Um, it's not truly capable of going highway or freeway speeds. Uh, Even I though have. people do. I have. In they Mexico. Um, <laughs> myself. <laughs> uh, but it is a cool little 125 where I've owned it for like almost, uh, I've owned it for about a year and a half and I've only gassed it up twice. Yeah. And it costed me less than seven dollars with this expensive ass gas price yeah i was gonna say that too it's, gas is going up quick yeah so and it, it it's awesome because i mean you know and it's kind of funny man because i i get people i I've, I've been at red lights where people hey man what is that yeah you know and i'm like dude it's a little honda grom and they're like oh no shit that's the grom i'm like yeah man and they're like dude that's actually pretty sick yeah, I'm yeah. like, dude it is i remember talking to zach about this uh, i want to say a year and a half ago about a year ago yeah right on the time that he came back okay that that same day that you came over to help with stuff oh yeah 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 um <clears throat> that was fun yeah and just before you came i was like you know i've been looking at groms for a while now man like they I know they're not big, you know, bad Harleys or nothing crazy like that, but like 
a sick little bike to putter out on, you Dude, know. So Harley San Diego's or die, pretty dog. tight enough Harley to die. <laughs> but then three or four months later, he came. We were talking on something like whether it was a video game or text or phone call, and he's like, "You know, I've been." Those Broms are pretty good, dude. Like they're not they're not bad little bikes. He goes, I think I saw someone riding one or like he knew someone that had one or whatever. And he's like, Yeah, they're, they're they look like little fun yeah. bikes. And I was like, Yeah, and all that shit talking. Now you want one too. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I still hate them, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I did the willies and, and the burnouts and mm-hmm. all that stuff and, and it shit's expensive. Yeah. Not only that is if I got into an accident at the desert or whatever, then I'm not going to be working. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. my whole thing was if I break this $20,000 Harley, $20,000 dirt bike, then I'm out 20 grand. Yeah, plus injuries. So the reason for the Grom was for me to just put around and be stupid on, you know? Yeah. yeah. And when I bought it, that's exactly what I did. I, I don't want to say I did anything stupid. I mean, dude, I, I took back streets to fucking Campo. And it's like a three-hour drive. For oh, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it took it, it took me a very, very long time to do so. Mm-hmm. And that was... Well, and that was the majority of the mileage that I have on it now. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I haven't ridden it. I, I've ridden it to maybe like side three times since mm-hmm. but that that's honestly about it yeah. so and i i mean you obviously i have a lot of bikes yeah so i mean i can only ride one unfortunately at a time so yeah. he has a problem we just don't talk about it yeah i got fucking x amount of bikes in one time so <laughs> yeah. um one paycheck well that's what they say i got a drinking problem i got one or i got two hands one mouth you know yeah like, but so yeah, my my that little Grom's cool, and it kind of took me a while to decide whether I wanted to get rid of it or not. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of put it out to the world, but yeah, it's gonna be good. It, it's a good little bike. They're good little bikes. It's fun. It's fun to be a menace on those. I tell you, uh, when I first got it, I had a buddy of mine. He uh, was talking shit about it. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Oh, like they're not fast. Yeah, yeah. They're they're not they're they're worthless." I said they're not worthless. They're not fast, but they're not worthless. Yeah. Well, a bike has to be fat. No, a bike has to be fun. That's the only F word. Yep, definitely. Every bike has its own <clears throat> personality, has mm-hmm. its own purpose, character traits, and purposes and stuff like yeah. that and he looked at me and was like oh i'll race you across the street to a parking lot right so we we're at a four-way intersection turning left or going straight going right there was a business center mm-hmm. and um he was like oh let's race into that parking lot bro we couldn't get you know the Grom isn't capable of going fast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 15, 20 miles across the intersection, right? Light, light turned green and I jumped the curb and got into the parking <laughs> lot before he did it. Dude, he was so mad. I was like, I won. Yeah. You didn't so, say hey, how or hey, where the perimeter hey, was. The fast doesn't always mean win. Yeah. You know, like, and and I think that's the problem with, uh, with, uh, 
the younger generation these days. Yeah, fast is, is everything if you're into cars or bikes. Yeah, he's like, yeah, fast, fast, fast. Like, no, like... Destroy. I've like, only actually met one person who's, like, within our age bracket, actually one of the uh, programmers that I work with for my CNC company, um, who just recently got a Polaris... 900 like street enduro looking bike i want to say okay um and i was asking him like oh do you know do you know have any advice for someone who's never ridden before like is there a, a starting place you'd recommend and he's like mm-hmm. this is my first bike he's like i've grown up on dirt bikes my whole life but i've never put anything on the street yeah there's there's a lot of s- stigma behind riding i will say this that I did do a lot of desert riding growing up, and I will say that it has helped me out tremendously on mm-hmm. the street. However, it is not necessary that you yeah. do have it. I think the biggest thing is the fact that, you know, people do buy a bike mm-hmm. for their first bike, and the first thing they do is they get too comfortable with that bike. Yeah. And then they upgrade it within a month. And comfort on a bike is a varying condition based on road conditions day. Yep. I mean, one day it could be sunny, the next day it could be rain, the day after that it could be all muddy and, and rocks everywhere because of the rain, and you would not know yep. unless you travel it every single day and know the How, conditions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got to be aware of your conditions, yeah. too. Yeah. So yeah. what's coming, what's not. With yeah. that being said, my first bike that I bought was a 750 VT. It was a Shadow, mm-hmm. and my wife... My lovely wife actually bought it for me, and I rode it to Pet Boys mm-hmm. the first day that I had it, and the master cylinder <laughs> actually uh, locked up on me. The front brake actually locked up on me. Okay. Luckily, I wasn't going fast, mm-hmm. so some light road I, rash. No, I was. I didn't even drop it. I didn't oh, even okay. go down. I, I I came to a stop, and I unfortunately was right in the middle of a one-way it was like a it was a two-way it was a two-lane uh street going north and going south Mm -hmm. but i was like right in the middle of the way going north okay so i i had to get off put the kickstand down and tell people to like calmly go around me carefully yeah because i could not move the bike because the front wheel was locked up yeah while i was sitting there waiting for it to cool off or whatever and just kind of collecting my head because this was when i didn't really know too much about mechanics aspects of it Mm -hmm. and i sat there for like 15 20 minutes and i saw a family member drive by and they were like hey are you okay and i was like no i need the truck so he went to go get the truck for me and uh while he was on his way back to go get me with the truck yeah the master cylinder actually cooled off and i actually rode it back home good shit but i took it to the shop and he told me that the master cylinder was blown on it that it mm-hmm. needed a new master cylinder and because it was a 1973 mm-hmm. they didn't really make them anymore so Ouch. he was like i could put a brand new front end on it for you like i have this front end for a newer shadow mm-hmm. it will work um but yeah it's gonna be about a thousand dollars and i was at that time i was like Bro, my wife paid twelve hundred bucks for that bike. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So a couple weeks later, some dude was actually driving by and actually saw it in front because I used to keep it right here in front of my my door. Mm. It wasn't even in the garage; it was right here. And he was like, "Shall I give you two grand for it?" 
fucking take it, <laughs> you know? So yeah. he took it, and, which is funny because a couple months after that, I was downtown walking uh, in the mall, mm-hmm. and it was parked right next to the um, Panera. Okay. And the only reason why I knew it was parked right there was because it had a, uh, it had a, um, like a paint, a, a little streak of paint at the bottom of the tank with a sticker on it, and the paint was 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 sticker right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, that was that's my old bike. Yeah. He did a lot of work to it. He put a new front end on it. He he did a very he he did a very good job with it. It was, mm-hmm. was kind of cool to see it. Yeah. And then I ended up buying a fz6r after that okay and a lot of people were trying to get me to buy a smaller bike like a 300 or something i'm pretty big dude and 5'9 225 30 pounds you know so i'm pretty big dude so 300 are fine but only for a couple months yeah you know the 900s all that stuff are cool i'd stay away from super sports and all that shit that's that's literally a death wish waiting to happen stay towards the 600s if you're gonna go like sporty yeah, I've I've been looking at like four hundred. Yeah, Groms. Well, okay, so Groms and the four hundreds are in a completely different realm. Those are oh, for yeah. the people that don't they don't they don't care about the speed. Yeah, just more for the ride. Yeah. Gr- Grom actually has a fucking huge following in Japan. Oh yeah, their JDM market is ridiculous. Well, that's also because of the ruckus. Yeah, the ruckus. Yep, the, the their... Navi, the ruckus, yeah. the Grom, the monkey. Yeah, I was gonna say the monkey yep. and the Navi are the newest of the lineup from yep. what I've seen. But those have the CVT transmission, yes. where it's all automatic. It's all automatic. Yep, no, no clutch. Um, which is, I could see that being enticing for someone who wants to get a feel for, I guess, a motorcycle, if you will. Yeah, the balance aspect. Right. Um, I can't really say this as if I've ridden a motorcycle enough to really have the hearsay to speak on it but i would say that's a not necessarily a good starting point but a starting point yeah definitely if you don't have anyone to teach you yeah they're fun i i have taught a couple homies and family members to ride in less than 20 minutes yeah definitely and in 20 minutes um Especially if you they, stick to the fundamentals, dude. Yeah, I, I could call four people right now, and, and you can ask them straight up, hey, did you have any riding experience even on dirt? And they'll all tell you no. And yeah. They'll be like, hey, how long did it take you to ride? And they'll be like, Tom got me to ride in less than 20 minutes. And it's true. It's I believe true. it. So, um, and two of them I actually taught on the Grom. Okay. So, yeah, the Grom is very easy. Within the first day of him riding it, he was riding – all around the neighborhood, yeah. on the main streets. The clutch He's riding is, everywhere. The clutch is very easy to... It's very forgiving. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a, it's a very fun and easy to work on bike. Okay. And their and they're warranties, Honda warranty, they take care of you. Yeah. And their aftermarket part is... Huge. is Yeah, it's stupid. Oh, yeah. It's stupid. I was going to say, I've seen it. I've, I know I've seen a lot of people do 150 stroke kits on there. Yeah, they do 150 full, strokes, like 200 swaps. Yeah. They, uh, there's a couple dudes on in, um, YouTube that are doing the 300 and 400 swaps now. Jesus. I had a guy uh, message me because I'm on a couple Grand pages and a guy messaged me or messaged the group and was like, hey, look, I just shoved my KX250 or my CRF250 engine in it. 
it's a dirt bike, yeah, two stroke, yeah, two fifty, <laughs> and he threw it in the Grom. He he that's told him, nuts. oh that's dude, sick. that it's a little demon, dude. He's like, yeah, I got it to eighty five miles an hour. I was like, oh shit, you know. Imagine the torque on that thing, bro, bro. Speaking but, of dirt bikes, uh, a good buddy of mine, the kid with that built MR two, I was telling you about. Okay. He's got like the dream setup that I know every dirt bike lover wants. Yeah. Okay. The YZ250 frame from the 80s. Okay. With a YZ500 motor shoved into it. Yep. Rare as fuck. He's got one. Yeah. Sounds about right. Like dude. mint condition. And it's funny because it's like I've always been told that that's the one build you can't look at and know exactly no what exactly it is until what, you see that yeah. front pipe. Yep. And then you see that that front pipe expand. And expand. And, yep, like, and oh. goes out. Yep. That's a five hundred. Yep. Yeah, dude. So bike, bike, bikes are life. Bikes yeah, are life. Definitely. I would like to get that at one point. I will say they're terrifying to think about, though. Dirt yeah. bikes, it, motorcycles in, in general. general. It, it's it's a lifestyle, and it's it's a love hate relationship, and you kind of have to be in the mindset of accepting whatever happens happens. And you, yeah, and we, some of the guys. Ha- We've had this conversation lately and just in general, you mm-hmm. know I mean, with a few people I've met, you, you have to be mentally prepared for it and you got to obviously be paying attention to react. Yeah. But some things are just unavoidable because you can react to get out of that situation. But sometimes that person reacts in, opposite, in a way that you don't want or don't need them to. Right. And they do. And it's unavoidable. Yeah. But on the flip side, the best travels and the best memories that I've ever had in this lifetime were on motorcycles. I believe definitely. That. Even by myself, dude. There's, yeah. there's a lot of good rides where I just I rode somewhere, found a spot, kicked it, and I was just by myself. I gave no fucks. And mm-hmm. it it was watch the sunset, whatever, nature, and ride your own ride. Yeah, that's the best advice I've ever been given, and it's it's always been said, and most bikers will say that. Some some of them don't exactly um, preach that. Yeah, you know what I mean. I've known a few that were just like, "Stop being a pussy," you know. And I can see it now. I'm gonna be on a grum dragging you poor schmucks along with me somewhere, being forced to do unspeed limit everywhere we go. <laughs> there is literally a uh, the speed group limit page on facebook called groms where they're not supposed to be yeah. and these fuckers literally put groms where they're not supposed to be take like there's like a, into a mall and yeah shit. There, there's <laughs> dudes that take them in the mall there's a dude that like he just bought a brand new house and his wife was coming and he actually bought a grom with the house so the wife was like oh yeah cool we got a house and then she opened the the bathroom door and the grom is in the bathtub <laughs> and she was like what's that and he was like oh it came with the house and yeah. i'm just like that's fucking genius yeah you know, and, yeah. You know but, he was sleeping on the couch that night yeah oh, and then sure. there's there's a dude there so there's a trek from florida all the way up to maine Jeez, that's all side streets it's and just groms there's groms that that there's dudes that fucking travel from, you know, San Diego, L.A., Orange County, Canada, yeah, that drive all the way to Maine or Florida, and they track up or down depending on season. That's uh, crazy. Just just to say that they did it on a Grom. Yeah, like that's crazy, man. We gotta do that before we die. Definitely. 
That Campo ride, bro. Yeah, put some that like Campo little mini bags was... on there. Put a little back brace so we can freaking put our bags on there. <laughs> yeah, that that Campo Damn. ride was like six hours. I'd I'd Damn. find a way to put a sissy bar on it and remove the back seat, so it's my sissy bar and I could just fucking lean back and cruise. <laughs> yeah, they make a so they make a one of my boys has a a pizza box on the back of his and he moved it forward and he uses the pizza box as as a sissy seat. That's that's dope. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking dope. I can see that. Yeah, he put little. Uh, he has little fifty caliber um, ammo boxes. Yeah, for for this, their, their his little saddles. saddles bags. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, he's got a little Yoshi pipe on. Oh, dude, he, his is all tricked out. Yeah. So he's creative with his. Solutions. I will say, if I get one bagging, bagging, it's the first thing I would. Yeah, do, and they, they make a, it. they make a lot of they make a lot of kits for those. Yeah. Steedy Garage is a good one. Uh, the Grom community out there is very, very talkative. Like, they yeah. will tell you everything you need to do and how you need to do it. And then you'll see a lot of airbagged uh, Japanese, dude. The the Japanese and their Groms are, like we said earlier, those guys are crazy, man. They'll bag the fuck out of it. They'll do, well, I the- don't want to say stupid as in like bad, but like stupid, cool things that yeah. you would never expect to do. Yeah. Well, just like their cars are huge on their motorcycle culture yeah. out there too. Yeah. So yeah. they're when they get into stuff, they get into it deep. And well, it's I, cheap, man. I was gonna say I it's know cheap. the I know the ruckus thing is huge because there's actually a company on the Vegas Strip that rents out mopeds, Mo- and yeah. for like an extra hundred dollars, you can rent out a fucking decked out oh, ruckus. ruckus. Or That's, like I, there was one company I like a couple doors down that did the same thing, but they yep. had a ruckus turned into a trike. Yep. So really? that you could comfortably seat two on it. Yep. And like take a, a tour of the strip at night yeah. or something like that. But it's like a decked out, you know, uh nice flake root, you know, green paint job, something high end. Yeah. Yeah. Up until about I think it was two years ago, Vegas had a law that if it was under hundred and fifty CCs, you didn't have to have a motorcycle license for it. California yeah. had a law like that pretty yep. recently too. And yep. I I remember looking into it not that long ago and it did total 360, 360 had changed that yeah. like now if it's a 125 or anything essentially that you has a clutch have a you have to have license. an m1 for it well those groms <coughs> changed that you know like any well, like any of those little bikes they especially when you start like riding them on the street and all that it they had to change a lot well dot that. changed it because they said they were finding out that scooter riders weren't getting license or they weren't getting their insurance on it oh. and, that's, yeah. and that's actually what had changed it was people were getting into accidents and scooter riders would just like get up and ride off yeah oh and they couldn't do anything about it because they were obligate even though they were registered as dot uh yeah vehicles in the state of nevada they weren't like actual held accountable because they weren't technically mm-hmm. They don't. They're not they required by required law to, be to insured. carry insured. Yeah, interesting. So did not know that. I feel like for California though, it's definitely. I feel like a lot of that's changed because of the influx of the electric mountain bike scene. That yeah, those Cirons, huge. dude, are fucking he- and they rip, bro. Oh, I mean, yeah. I saw I saw a kid fly by at seventy miles an hour one day on one, and I was like, I didn't even know some of those. I knew the expensive ones were capable. But, but like, those ones aren't that expensive. Uh, They're relatively the same price as, as a, a, a brand a new Grom. Grom. Yeah, but uh, but for a, for a bike though. That, that's the other that, thing is they don't have pedals, so they're not classified no. as bikes. And yeah. I think that's part of why California is like, oh well, 
if it's a 125 and or can exceed X mile an hour, yeah, we're gonna require that you just get an M1 anyhow. Yeah. Because I do remember last year they had a specific law regarding electric bicycles and things within that category being scooters, bikes, you know, uh, yeah, miniature mopeds, if you will, that you don't have to have an M1 for them because they right. weren't legally considered a gas powered vehicle, yeah. motorcycle. Because I was like, I was driving, this was like two three weeks ago mm -hmm. and i was driving around uh i was actually going home mm -hmm. and this was like a, a trippy intersection area because it's like a freeway exit right there and people don't look coming around yeah and it's just it's a very weird neighborhood spot it's yeah. very hectic and busy right and so these kids just a uh, normal i guess like a normal bicycle helmet you know mm -hmm. And they're just ripping it on the street. And it's like, okay, cool. But you guys are ripping it so hard where you're going to actually T-bone a car. And it's yep. going to hurt you way more than it's going to hurt anybody else. I will say it's equally impressive to see how... At least we're like a performative. dirt bike yeah. yeah. We're a full face. Yeah. Be be slightly responsible. Well, If you're going to be dumb, you better be stupid. Well, and they were young. And the only reason why I say that is from... My, my accent it's i'd rather wear a full face every time oh, for sure and even on those bikes i've seen how gnarly they get on it and it's cool like i'm not hating on it one bit yeah but with that subject with you know those bikes ripping like they do wear a full face be smart yeah go have fun but be smart about your body yeah because like if you it and this is how i've always looked at like motorcycles and like this is something that you've told me i've probably a handful of times but it's stuck with me since then mm -hmm. dress for the slide not the ride yep you know and that's something that i've been also thinking about is like well fuck if i do get you know even like a small honda shadow something that's not crazy i'm immediately going to be exposed to that heat of the motor yeah if and it's a hundred and something degrees outside and i want to save gas and time and i'm taking that bike i'm gonna wear pants even though it's gonna fucking suck yeah and, and it does suck and don't get me wrong but you've also as much as i preach that you know, do as I say, not as I do. Mm -hmm. And I've always been a high believer. Like, I've done my stupid shit. And you see me yeah. after I've done my stupid shit. Yep. And you see the consequences yep. that, of not dressing for the ride. I will point I, and laugh every time. Not dressing for the slide, you know? So yeah. It, you learn a lot. And, you know, I mean, I'm glad you definitely listened to me on that. Because I've learned my lessons. Yeah. The yeah. Grom's fun because... I, I ride Harleys and I've had sport bikes. The Grom doesn't get hot. It's a yeah. different kind of riding. Yeah, it's a different kind yeah. of ride. So you don't have to worry about your exhaust being right there, burning your leg or whatever. Like <laughs> yeah. it doesn't happen on a touching on a Grom. something. Yeah, so rubbing up on a header on accident. Yeah, yeah, you don't get that on a Grom. Right, uh, that's here. my biggest fear with getting a bigger bike is rubbing my fucking thigh or my calf on a header. And like, I hate to say it, but it's not. It's not if it's when. Oh yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. It's and it happens. I I don't care who you are. Yep. I don't care what your background's from it or how you jump on a Harley or or a cruiser, mm -hmm. and you're you're guaranteed to be burned at least once. Oh, at, le uh, at least twice, three yeah. times in your lifetime of owning that bike. Yeah. There's you know? there's been known friends that we've joked around and they've like oh yeah i burn my pant legs or they'll you like you'll see burnt or you, there's even a couple of pants that i've burnt 
off my exhaust and yeah, i was he, like oh shit like, so sometimes you'll actually see me wearing pants with with holes right here and yeah and it didn't burn my leg but it, it burned through my pants because of that because it was just yeah. sitting on it but yeah the grom's a different ride man i i can't it's a it's a it's an awesome bike i just mm-hmm. don't go out enough on it yeah as much as i would like to and the insurance cheap. stupid cheap yeah stupid cheap i think full coverage is 30 dollars um, damn i think it's 30 dollars no my Harley. it's 64 full that's coverage is 64 <clears throat> no mm, 64 for the year that's not bad <clears throat> i could probably get a downloader if i go on my mom's plan yeah 64 dollars for the year not for a month 64 dollars yeah. a year yeah for all my bikes i have full coverage it's about 500 dollars a year that's not bad at all get so, medical dog oh for sure I know it might be a little bit more, but definitely get medical. I learned that lesson. <laughs> Insurance doesn't always cover everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, your M1, now California has different requirements because you're over the age of 21. Basically, what happens is two things. You can either go in, take your permit test once you pass. At the DMV? Yeah. Once you pass your permit test, they give you your permit test. Because you're over the age of 21, you don't have to wait uh, six months. Mm-hmm. You can go the very next day and take your on-the-bike test for your license. Okay. That's what I did. Or you can go take the motorcycle safety course. Okay. The rider's course. Right. Which is a big suggestion. Yeah, basically what happens is you do three days, two days of classwork, one day on the bike. It's actually one and a half day and then one and a half day of classwork on the bike training. Okay. They actually actually teach you on on Groms. Yeah. Yeah. And they... Or Honda Shadows. Yeah, or or Little Shadows. Okay. Um, And then what they do is they take you around and make you do some obstacles. Exactly how I teach right out here is exactly how they do it. And then once you complete that course, they give you a paper and you take it to the DMV, you take your permit test. And then because you're over the age of 21, if you pass that permit test, mm-hmm. they waive the on the bike test and just oh, give okay. you your license. Okay. Yeah. Can I give you a big suggestion though? What's that? And please utilize me and Tom in this. Practice as much as you can before you take that class. All you the nervousness go- out and not mm-hmm. just that. The more you're comfortable with that bike in that class, because mm-hmm. I did it when I wasn't very comfortable, and I took it after so many years of riding, and when I took that class, it was a lot easier. Yeah. But the best like part s- about it, too, is the instructors just, like, when they notice that you're seasoned mm-hmm. or they know what you're doing, they pay less attention to you and move on to somebody that needs yeah. it. You they know? So, leave you or yeah. what they did with me is they, they realized that I was seasoned, the second time around and it was the same instructor i had the first time mm-hmm. um he more focused on instilling the principles a little bit harder in me yeah he was like he, like the he bigger was, factors yeah and yeah. he was he was fine-tuning those skills he's like hey you really need to be doing this this and that mm-hmm. and even though he was looking at some of the other people that were there obviously taking that class uh and not by any means I'm saying I was the greatest writer there. But like I said, he was noticing some things. He's like, and he was trying to fine tune that. Mm-hmm. So they might not 100% ignore you, but 
they'll they won't be as like harsh on you or yeah. nitpicking at you as much. Yeah. Okay. No, nah, it, it's it's fun and I don't regret it. I got my I'm I, glad I took that class. I took I took the motorcycle safety course March second mm-hmm. when I was twenty years. I turned 21 shortly after that. Mm-hmm. I had already had my paperwork. I went up to Vegas for my birthday. And then when I came back, I took that paper straight into the DMV and got my license right then and there. Hell yeah. And, and that's how I got riding on the street. But take it with <clears> that class, dude, because it's so much easier than trying to do that whole DMV. Like it might sound convenient. And it's a little course- bit more expensive. You know the course is like three fifty, four hundred. It's a lot more expensive than, but so much more room to practice and yeah. do these obstacles because mm-hmm. they'll allow you to warm up before you take the actual writing test at the actual course that you've been practicing on. Mm-hmm. So you're familiar with it. Yeah, and it's the same obstacles that you've been practicing for the last like two weekends, mm-hmm. and the same instructors that are yeah, the yeah. same bikes, whatever, so, right? Yeah, you get your same exact bike. You, you could if if you got a Grom or something like that, you could you could even take your Grom. Yeah, Grom yeah. Bike. I don't personally recommend it because it's their bike. Let it be fucked up. Fair it's enough. their problem because they usually yeah. fix that. My brother took it. My brother took the course and he was like, hey, it was, it was the exact same. Okay. It, it was a couple years older and way yeah. more beat up. And uh, but, pay attention to when you sign up for the class because regardless, you ride rain or shine. So if you're going to take it, I would wait until next summer. Okay. So don't, don't be doing it during rainy seasons because I took it during rainy season. And for someone who wasn't seasoned at that time, reason why I had to take it again it it fucked me so just keep that in mind and not saying that yeah you're different than me you know what i mean you might pass that in the first try but i to be fair zach's still not seasoned so i have my mistakes (laughs) but you know what i'm not a cocky motherfucker and i learn so i i pick up and i'm i'm still learning dude i'm not by any means the most experienced writer out there but i can tell you i've made mistakes and i've Personally, I do everything in my power not to make those mistakes again. Yeah, you live well, and learn, and that and that's the that's I don't want to say the issue is that like you could be a professional motorcycle rider, right, mm-hmm. racer, but that's the thing, you're a professional motorcycle racer on a closed track. You can't account for what people are gonna do. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. you are right. only accountable for your own actions, and there are times where people will get in front of you or whatever, and you're just like fuck. What, what do I do? And you, you have to know at that split second what to do. Now, thankfully, on a Grom, I've never had any issues. Yeah. And the issues that I have had were because of me. <laughs> so, Fair enough. So. But just be aware because especially if you're on a smaller bike, people might not see you as well. Oh, yeah. So definitely just be aware. use that sixth sense on being able to look at someone. And I know you have it, you know, and being able to read traffic and people because mm-hmm. even people who don't use their turn signals you can sit there and look kind of like okay i'm gonna back up a little bit because i know that motherfucker is about to come over yeah and then yeah. next thing you know they're coming over you're like well i'm glad i wasn't right there because they probably wouldn't have seen me yeah so it, it's but the thing though as dangerous as it is it's i wouldn't trade it for anything dude no i wouldn't it's, either it's fun i've ridden in rain snow sleet I've not ridden mud, mud storm. Ooh, I've ridden 
when the grapevine closed down because it was flooded and rainwater and rushing mud was underneath my floorboards up to them and over my feet. Mm-hmm. I've ridden in that. I've ridden in snow. I've ridden in piss pouring rain coming home from Vegas with this guy. <laughs> that was fun. I, I have ridden in many other riders around me with 3,000 motorcycles around me. I've ridden in packs of 10. I've ridden in packs of two. I've ridden in shit. I've, I've ridden I've ridden it as much as I could. Yeah. And, you and know what? there's still more to be had, you know? Those experiences, as scary as those experiences are dealing with the weather, and, you know, you might differ depending on who you are on scary, mm-hmm. you know? But if you're someone who's paranoid a little bit about going down or, you know, how, you know, tires work and rain and how the roads are and with oil and shit, you know, it, it's... It's just like a it, car. It, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. it's still, it's in the back of your mind sometimes, and that yeah. plays a factor. Like he said, you know, riding back from Vegas... I couldn't see it out of my freaking visor and I popped that bitch open for the last two hours. Yeah. And just cold wind and water hit me. I couldn't see when I got home, but that was the only way I was going to be able to see the road and yeah. you know, see my line and everything and follow him. Well, the funny thing is, is when you're riding like that at that time and that moment, it sucks. Yeah. But looking back on it, Oh, it was I'm a like, great time, bro. Dude, that was actually a fun a fun little trip. We hot, had hot chocolate at a gas station yep. when you're drenched cold with no rain gear and you're just chasing the storm like a good half the trip, <laughs> the trip and you stop at a gas station to warm up. Bro, there's no better feeling and just yeah. it you you kind of we laughed at it. Like it sucked, but we laughed at it in that situation like, bro, this fucking sucks. Like I can't wait to get home and get in my warm bed. Yeah. And we were drenched head to toe. Our shoes were soaked. I've ridden in fog where I couldn't see the guy in front of me. Oh, I've that ridden sucks. in rain where I couldn't see the guy in front of me. I've ridden in I've ridden from from Vegas where I made it the whole way back home five, six hours later and on the last leg of five minutes of me being home, my, my shift linkage snaps mm. at two AM. So here I am waiting on a tow truck at 2 a.m. Yeah. When I have to be at work at 7. Yeah. And then I had to miss that day of work and send the bike over and get a new shift linkage. And, I mean, I could have fixed it right there on the side of the road if I waited for the parts store to be open. But mm-hmm. when it, you've been riding that long, you just want to get home at some point. Yeah. It's, as enjoyable as it is, there's it is. that last leg where you're just like, I'm done. Yeah. And you learn, man. <laughs> I, I think I've learned, I, and I knew a lot about cars. Mm-hmm. I, I, I knew a lot about cars before owning motorcycles, but you learn to trust yourself and work on your on them more with motorcycles for some reason. I don't know if it's because you ha- I have that mentality of, okay, it's smaller. Mm, yeah. Which yeah. in reality, motorcycles are more dangerous than cars. But at the same time, you have that extra motivation to be more cautious because of that reason. Yeah. Maintenance is a huge thing too. Maintenance yeah. is a huge thing, but it's very cheap. Yeah. Very cheap. Grom Grom stuff, very cheap. What's a stupid Honda? Cheap. Yeah. Stupid cheap. So like you know, like I said, within the last two years, ten dollars worth of gas is in there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I I don't ride it that much, mm-hmm. but I ride it every day around here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll pull it out, 
and you could even ask this guy when I pull it out, I don't just drop it right there, man. No, I'll go up and down the street, run up there, dude. Kid I, in a candy store. I, my my kids get out of school, and I'm like, uh, you know, my wife goes and picks them up, and they're walking home, and I'm jumping on the crumb and riding back, and my oldest will jump on with me, and I'll bring him home and let mm-hmm. the others walk. You know, it's it's cool, man. You know, yeah. I don't know, groms are just cool as hell. You know, you can do so much to them. You can do a, a fender eliminator kit, remove the air box, put an air intake system, an Stun exhaust, em. lights. Yeah, I've seen. That's the other thing cage. I've seen, too, is, like, the stunt cages on them. The stunt cage. Solid stunts does a really good stunt cage for, like, 200 bucks. Like, they're they're really not bad at all. They're just, you know. Yeah. They're, they're, motorcycle riding is cool, man. It, it's cool, and I've met a lot of friends, a lot of good you know, family members that I consider brothers now that that ride and and agreed. I've went to a bunch of places I would have never been yeah. if I didn't have that bike. You know? And I've also been to a bunch of places that I have been or even lived, mm-hmm. but I never saw that side of where I was because I was on a bike rather than a car. Yeah. You see yeah. a bunch of things differently on a bike than a car because you see a lot of things that you would have never noticed. Yeah, if you were in a car, yeah. yeah, you know, you're paying a lot more attention to everything around you, so you, yeah, you see a lot more. You're you're more focused on the journey than you are the destination. Mm-hmm. You you have no attachments to phones. Yeah, you you could have a Bluetooth on your helmet, and but you don't need to. Yeah, you know? the music's fun to listen to. It, it is. Yeah, it, it is. But like I said, you're you don't you're still to. you're still focusing on things around yeah. you. Yeah. So I, as much as the back noise is going on, you're still, you're paying, you're still filling your bike. You're filling yeah. the gears. Like that doesn't change. You know, you still, it's not like you hear cars going past you anyway. So it's, yeah. don't be blasting it where you can't hear shit. Your bike's about to blow up, you know, <laughs> you yeah. just see smoke coming out. Yeah, dude. It's, it's fun. Sounds like fun. I'm excited. You, oh, need yeah. get, you need to get a bike. You need to get a bike. We need to talk to your old lady. So yeah, I know, right? When, the, word, the words I'll never hear the end of. So when are we going to have a sit down and we're, we're, all three of us are going to have a conversation? Or about? I'll, I'll have D there, too, if you want. About bikes? She, yeah. I mean, you it, already know Dez's reason behind it. And yeah. I say reason because it's one reason. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it. Um, she well, worried. I guess it's two. Uh, she lost a close family member. I lost my aunt to a motorcycle accident. He was a Marine stationed up at Campo or at Pendleton. um, Was getting off the freeway. Went to go turn right on the off-ramp to take a main road back to base. Right. Semi-truck blew through the light. It's understandable fear, though. It was like 2 a.m. And he was riding with the rest of his platoon. Damn. Oh, shit. Um, So that's a huge thing for her. And he was, I I think he was like 23, 24 when that happened. Yeah, and that was around the time that he had, I think he had just laid down ghost for the first time. Oh, okay. Like the first or second time, I want to say. Damn. Rain. Okay. It was around that time because it was right before we went to Oregon. That was the first time. Yeah, it was right. It was like a year and change before we went to Oregon. Yeah, because yeah, I wrote emotional. Yeah, never write emotional. By the way. Yeah. I I wasn't. It's one of those things that keeping up to date with your environment on the weather. Yeah. And then I those are the two things I didn't check. Yeah. And you know it, it caused me to go down. And you know I mean like I said I learned from that experience and things happen and 
it, it taught me in that situation to definitely be aware of my environment, like what's happening weather wise. And, and there was really, luckily there was no one on the freeway when that happened. So very minimal damage. Yeah. A hundred bucks worth of stuff, but it went for a suspension part and had to fix a whole bunch of different things. So. Yeah. Went in for one thing, left with nine. Yep. <laughs> I went for a $15 part and came back with $100 having to fix my shift linkage and yep. uh, my shifter. And yeah, it, it was, I, I, God, yeah, don't hit your back brake. Live and learn. Live and learn. The only way to get past all that is getting seat, seat time in. Seat yeah, time is key. For sure. You know, I mean, anybody could say, I could say, you know, I've been riding for 10 plus years because I have. And I still don't think that I am close to some of my immediate friends and family mm -hmm. that do ride too. You yeah. Know? And another big thing is, is your first accident is kind of a humbling experience. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, when you were a kid... You fell off your bike going down a hill, flying down a hill, and you basically Superman off of it. You pop up, you know, you're broken, bruised, and teary-eyed and all that shit, but you jump back on your bike and go home, you know? Yep. Especially if you've done it like 30 times over. You're like, I've done this hill so many times. Yeah. <laughs> but then... Catches the same ditch. The speed yeah. wobbles or whatever. Yep. And, and then... But now it's so different because... We are getting older. Yeah. Bruises do take longer to heal. Bones take longer to heal. Teeth do not grow back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Fuck, I know about that like, one. Yeah, like... <laughs> Shit, really? <laughs> so, so with that being said, I, I personally, even losing a family, a couple family members to motorcycle accidents, I don't regret any... any part of learning to ride and i will 100 percent look anybody in the eye and say i guarantee that they didn't either yeah yeah 100 you know? I, I remind people of that too sometimes if yeah. they lost like i know it sucks i'm sorry for your loss but i can tell you they that's where they wanted to be oh they, on that yeah, bike. they lived on that bike if they're anything like me i was like told that do us part Yep. you know that's that where they wanted to be and it sucks that that happened and that was their last ride and you know rest in peace to them but i don't think they would trade anything yeah they wouldn't i know they wouldn't but sorry not to cut you off bro very good you're good but yeah so motorcycles yeah it definitely seems like a uh a fun new hobby i don't need but oh you need it's not a hobby yeah. bro it's a lifestyle you need you just yeah. haven't found it yet <laughs> yeah right it's it, been in front of me all this time it's a itch it's oh dude it's it, a very it addicting is. drug it's a very addicting drug which it, is what's scary yes and see here's the biggest thing though I you can't just have one no it's a, a it's a problem for me you ask him you'd be like hey do you do you want to sell ghosts he's gonna tell you no Fuck but no. you walk up to him and say hey when you're done paying ghost off what are you gonna do the first thing he'd say is buy another bike yeah Notice I said buy another because he yeah. wouldn't sell Ghost. He yeah. would keep Ghost and buy another bike. Like, you really can't just have one. No. It's it, like a chip. It's like a Pringle. You can't just fucking have one. Yeah. See, but I'm a little different, too, on that subject. On a side, a little side note is I don't I don't buy things to flip them or just like, oh, just yeah. to have it for a second. Like, 
True, but you want a bagger and ghost. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So you'll people like us, we always find a way to get what we want. Oh yeah. Even compromising, man. Yeah. I found a way to compromise what I wanted and maybe chop off another maybe ten grand off the what I would normally get, you know. So yeah. it's it's knowledge. What are you willing to compromise with? You know what I mean? Like some things are not going to be a hundred percent what you want them to be, but you can. Do, it's your canvas, man, yeah. and you can paint it in say, any way you want. I will say the idea of a death shifter entices me for anti theft. <laughs> death? Oh, you're talking about suicide shifter. Suicide shifter. Suicide shifter. Do you know those? Yes, I do. That's why I kind of laughed. That I like, because of course they're honestly pretty sick, in my opinion. I feel oh, like they really they're fit fucking, the bomber aesthetic really the, and, well. And it, it's, dude, it's funny that you brought this up because I was actually, I want a chopper project so fucking bad. I had a 1974 Ironhead chopper. Mm-hmm. It was uh, raked out for, and it had a 19 on the front, 16 on the rear. It was gorgeous. I've seen pictures. It, it was. It, it was so sick, but it was so stupid at the same time. <laughs> it had 16-inch handlebars with 4-inch rise, so it was actually a 20-inch handlebar, Jesus. and I was riding down the street like this. Didn't you take that bike to Vegas? No. Or no. that was a different bike, right? that, Yeah, that was a different bike. Okay. I, I I got it from a dude up in Garden Grove who was fixing it with his kid, and okay. I think his kid lost interest in it, so he sold it to me as a basket case. It took me two weeks to put it together. Thanks. I had to redo the brake system. I had to redo the clutch system. Like the new old, lines or just? Yeah, the, okay. everything, everything. Okay. The master cylinder, everything. The uh, So iron heads, I don't know if you're too familiar with iron heads. Not really. So iron heads are the sportsters of the 70s and 80s. Okay. This is back when amf the mm-hmm. bowling company had bought harley davidson that okay. and that was the only time that harley has been bought out from a company that wasn't owned by the actual davidson family and to this day they're still owned by willie g davidson the grandson of, okay. of william harley and yeah and uh and uh the davidson brothers mm. um so AMF, the Ironhead series, had this was back when like flat track racing became fucking huge. Mm-hmm. So, the, what they did was they put the shift on the right side mm-hmm. and the brake on the left side. So, they reversed the gearing. And then, what most people would do is they'd take off the rear brake and only use the front brake. And mm-hmm. they would put no peg there because it'd give them better lean angle when they're turning to race. Makes okay. Sense. So, I had taken the controls and re-reversed them mm-hmm. to put them normal. So right. the shift was on the left, brake was on the right. And I had just got it done. I took it on a ride. I rode up to Legoland. Mm. I just got off the freeway right there and rode it back. Right. And the battery came out of the battery box and flew into the rear tire. And Jeez. the battery started, my tire started eating my my battery. Damn. And it was raining acid on me. Jeez. And I was like, dude, it's beautiful. It's a sunny day. It's like 75 degrees. Like, it's not raining. There's not even a cloud in the sky. What is raining on me? And I pulled off to the side. There's battery acid fucking everywhere. Damn. Fuck, dude. So 
I got it. I had it towed to a buddy's house. Reload. Rest in peace. Uh, me and him dissected it. Got a new battery, new tie down. Redid all the brake lines. Mm-hmm. Made sure everything else was good, and it never gave me issues again after that. Damn. And a couple weeks after that, my mom wanted a Harley, so she ended up uh, taking me to Harley with her. And my buddy that worked at Harley at the time was like, "She needs a down payment." We know somebody who just got done with an iron head. We'd give them good money for that iron head. And I told him no, but my mom was like looking at me with puppy dog eyes. Yeah. Like, like I want that sportster. <laughs> yeah. So I, I bought her that sportster. So I gave up the iron head because of that. And I, I do miss that bike. Hell yeah. It was a cool bike. But sure. Chase is going to be here more. Oh, yeah. Hopefully. So Dude, we want you to I'd come back. To we highly appreciate you giving us a second chance at doing this of course, <laughs> i feel like this was a hundred times better than last time like a hundred times better than last yeah. time and some of you probably will not see the daylight of that episode ever but you know that's okay so with that being said we appreciate you guys for tuning in i know this uh was a longer episode than Normal. i think this is our longest episode to date um again we would like to tell you to visit us on instagram at straight up co 619 s-t-r-8-u-p-c-o 619 on instagram hit us up on the interwebs for the mailing address it's uh sales at straightupco.com and again that's s-t-r-8-u-p-c-o.com and hit us up on Instagram for shirts. Uh, we are selling them fairly fast. Oh yeah! <laughs> so they're we just going. got it. Yeah, we just got our first batch, yeah. and uh, we still got sticker packs. If you're interested, hit us up. And uh, again, Chase, thanks for joining us, man. It means a lot. Definitely thanks for all the gifts and stuff. Like, oh yeah, it, dude, those are very personable, and there's great quality man we definitely appreciate, appreciate that that was insane you didn't have to do that but that that, that was great especially you with your the, skill set you guys are the homies i'm always down to give you guys some free shit oh we yeah appreciate it oh yeah we appreciate it I appreciate you guys having me oh we're yeah gonna hook you up too best believe oh yeah we uh we're trying to get a vendor booth out for socal drags um that's october 21st in barona california I don't know the time, and I'm trying to get a hold of the guy. So hopefully we will have a couple more new designs by then. So swing on by and buy one. If we're there, we will let you know and keep you informed. We also plan on getting that Instagram up and running. It is up and running technically, but it's not updated. 100% and updated right now. So within the next, uh, honestly, by the time you hear this, it'll probably be done. So <laughs> it looking pretty. Yeah, it says coming soon. So just because it says coming soon, don't you know? Please add us, follow us. You know, say what's up. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to you. We promise. Uh, hit us up about shirts. We got pictures of those. We're selling them pretty quick. So again, uh, keep us uh, in your mind. Follow us on Instagram and thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you guys. We will uh, catch you guys soon. All right, catch Take you guys care. later. Later.